0: What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. I'm here with Andy Elhaddam. Andy, how are you doing?
1: Great.
0: Wow, that's convincing.
1: No, I really am doing great. It's that sort of like, great, I just ate
2: some amazing cake.
1: <laughs> we got sent this like almond the crunch mail. cake today. Yeah. And it was so good. I had a couple more bites.
0: It was really good.
1: Ugh. Anyway, sorry, not relevant, but that was yeah, the tone in my voice. But very important. I was reminiscing gotcha. about the gig.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to the show. We've got a lot for you this week. I have to apologize to the space nerds out there. We were supposed to have Black Mirror this week. I announced that at the end of last week's show. And we don't. We have Star Wars Club instead. <laughs> it's my fault. Uh, we had a recording scheduled for Black Mirror uh, early in the week with Alexandria, and I had to reschedule. And we have not found a time yet, but I already had Star Wars Club recorded. So we're just going to switch the order of that. I've been trying really hard to have a consistent order every month where we switch off you know, Firefly, Black Mirror, Doug Space Nine, and Star Wars Club. I'm trying to get that into a consistent order.
1: And Star Trek Club.
0: Well, Star Trek Club's every week.
1: Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, and then um, we
0: rotate every month through these four other gotcha, segments. Gotcha, gotcha,
1: gotcha.
0: And I, I keep, I've been trying since I first started doing this, since we first did the Space Nerds changeover. I've been trying to have that consistent, and I've, I'm failing constantly. So <laughs> we're failing yet again, so we're switching order up again. And this week we've got Star Wars Club. Hey. Uh, Jenny B., hey. Doug, and I will be talking about Rebels Season 2, And to keep that on theme, I asked Andy in today to talk to me about Rise of Skywalker because we watched it together a couple nights ago. It was her first time seeing it, my second time seeing it, and we have a lot to say about that movie. (sighs) And of course, before we get to that, we've got the space news. So we've got a jam-packed show for you this week. (laughs) Are you excited about it, Andy?
1: I'm ready. Yeah, I'm thrilled.
0: Well, let's let's start off with the space news.
1: Okay. Space news!
0: Okay, this comes to us from LiveScience.com. NASA funds proposal to build a telescope on the far side of the moon. Was that exciting to you? Telescope on the far side of the moon? Like a permanent moon-based telescope?
1: Wow. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I think so. Well, what's going to happen with it? What do? We- <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more.
0: NASA is funding an early-stage proposal to build a meshed telescope inside a crater on the far side of the moon, according to Vice. The dark side is the face of the moon that is permanently positioned away from Earth. And as such, it offers a rare view of the dark cosmos, unhindered by radio interference from humans and by our planet's thick atmosphere. So that's interesting. That, I mean, you know, obviously the dark side of the moon is a thing that exists. Pink Floyd taught us, taught us that long ago. Sure. Um, but it's interesting to think of the fact that if you're on the dark side of the moon looking out, there's no light pollution from Earth. And they, uh, they're referring to that as the dark cosmos. I've never heard of that before. Huh. The idea that whenever we're on Earth, there is going to be light pollution in most yeah. places on Earth. Sure. And also the moon in the sky, which is very bright. So right. if we're trying to look out at something beyond the moon, the moon's really in the way, and it's going to destroy <laughs> the exposure. Uh, but if we're on the far side of the moon, we can look out into the darkness of the cosmos yeah. unhindered, wow. which is pretty cool. Huh. The ultra-long wavelength radio telescope would be called the Lunar Crater Radio Telescope. Uh, what do you think of that name, Lunar Crater Radio Telescope? I think Lunar they'd come up with something better.
1: Crater Radio. There's no vowels in there. It doesn't make a good acronym.
0: L C R T. Lacourt. It just sounds like a fancy TV. Um, <laughs> and would have tremendous advantages com- compared to telescopes on our planet. The idea's founder, Septarshi Banjil Padhyay. I actually tried to practice that before, and I'm probably still messed it up. A robotics technologist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory wrote in a, in a proposal. So this guy, Saptarshi Bandyopadhyay, is the one who is proposing this idea. Mm-hmm. And the gist of this article is that NASA has granted him $125,000 for a phase one study to understand the feasibility of such a telescope. So they're looking at the idea of doing this. It's an idea that NASA is interested enough in to invest in the idea so that the guy who came up with the idea can continue to study whether or not it is a good idea. What do you think?
1: I think it's a good idea. (laughs) Based on the very little information I have, I can't see what would be bad about it.
0: Well, if built the lunar crater radio telescope would be the largest filled aperture radio telescope in the solar system. Uh, According to the, the idea's creator. Yeah. A filled aperture radio telescope is a telescope that uses a single dish to collect data rather than many dishes, according to Vice. Because this telescope would be on the far side of the moon, it would avoid radio interference from Earth, satellites, and even the sun's radio noise during the lunar night. It would also let us gaze out into the cosmos without the veil of Earth's atmosphere. That's something else to think about is like, whenever we're looking out from Earth through a telescope, yeah. we're always looking out through the atmosphere. Can't be avoided. Sure. The atmosphere reflects low frequency wavelengths of light greater than 32.8 feet, essentially blocking them from reaching ground-based telescopes. So basically, there are wavelengths of light that the atmosphere is blocking that we can't see. And if, this te- if we have a telescope outside of that atmosphere, we could see things that we'd never be able to see from Earth. So, it's a very exciting proposal, and some, the reason that I really like it is because, um, you know, I think about Star Trek, and you still haven't seen First Contact, Andy, but there's is a moment... Is that one of the
1: movies? Yeah, there's a okay.
0: moment when Riker's, like, looking at the moon, he's like, man, in my time, you'd see uh Tycho City and New Berlin like there's humans that are used to seeing stuff up on the moon and we obviously wouldn't see this from earth because it'd be on the far side of the moon but it's a really cool thing to think about that there would be a permanent structure built by humans mm-hmm. that lives on the moon so that we could further enhance our scientific understanding of our place in the solar system
1: listen I don't know what the negatives are
0: well I guess cost you know
1: yeah sure oh you sure know, well, time
0: yeah. money yeah. those are very valuable Energy. things sure Yeah, and uh, what is the best way to study the universe around us?
1: Uh, Yeah, from here
0: or from the the closest celestial body, which is our moon.
1: Absolutely.
0: So yeah, I I hope to see this happen. We'll we'll keep we'll keep looking, and maybe this could be a thing that happens in the future. We'll see.
1: The dark side of the moon. (laughs) That's from. uh...
0: From Mulan.
1: Is it Mulan? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Funnily enough, not from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon.
1: No, but they have the same heart.
0: They do. They're basically the same piece of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, and if you actually watch one while the other's going, it enhances the experience. And you
1: won't, You they actually merge together and you can't separate you them can't tell the difference. in your mind. Yeah. And that's
0: the space news.
2: <laughs> space news!
0: So, Andy, we finally yeah. had the chance to sit down and watch Rise of Skywalker together a couple nights ago. Yeah. Uh, it was your first time seeing it, the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, and in many ways, the saga of Emperor Sheev Palpatine. Um, spoiler warning, we are going to talk about Rise of Skywalker with spoilers. So, Andy, what did you think of the movie? Did you like it?
1: I loved the movie. You loved it. I loved the movie. I I was on an emotional roller coaster, but mainly... I actually really felt that it was really in line with what the original trilogy kind of put in place in terms of storytelling in Star Wars. And even, funny enough, the, like, dynamics of the characters. Like, we end up... I was saying... I was saying... Well, okay. Well, the whole thing of when... Of when... um well, he's Ben now.
0: <laughs> yeah, ben, Kylo Ren.
1: Yeah, Kylo Ren turns to Ben, and or then Kylo
0: Ben. We could call him
1: Kylo Ben. <laughs> Kylo Ben. When he dies, and then back and forth, and I thought she died, and then he, does he died, and are they going to kill those other people? And you know, it's a lot of who's going to die, you know, and why. And when he di- when he ended up dying, I was so upset at first, and I was like, no. No. And right before I, when they were kissing, I was like, I love this movie. I love this movie. And then he died and I went, I hate this movie. Yeah. And, and then after sitting with it, I realized it really echoes what they did in the, in the original trilogy where they finally make your villain. Like. You have compassion for them a little bit, hmm. maybe in a more extreme way in in this movie. But like they kind of redeem them in some way or show their humanity. Yeah, like and Darth
0: Vader turns to the light yeah. to save his son. Yeah, Kylo Ren turns to the light because this extreme act of kindness, where his his enemy, who he does love, yeah, um, strikes him down, like stabs him through the stomach, yeah. and then she heals him after. And yeah. in that moment. His mother comes to him, and right. Well, and we'll talk more about that. Yeah, we will.
1: But I. But my. I guess what I'm saying is, I think that that is actually a storyline that they're echoing, and that as soon as you get that glimpse of humanity, they're gone.
0: Right, and it's really hard. And you don't get to see them
1: live as that lighter version of themselves. Yeah, which is. I don't know. I think that that pays homage to that. Even if I don't love that as like, mm. I, I want him to live. I, I actually really appreciate that structure. And the other thing is that they have like, I feel like they're telling, I mean, Princess Leia is a hero in the original trilogy. And and she is someone, she's no question a protagonist, but it almost feels a little bit like it's Luke's story
2: and yeah, yeah, i yeah.
1: feel like here the structure with those three characters it's it feels like leia's story if ray was le- you know what i mean like we're looking at the protagonist the female protagonist as the main entry to the story but there's still the dynamic there of who are the three 'Cause it's Ray
0: Oh Ray, Finn and Poe. Finn and Poe. Yeah.
1: And I don't know. In my mind, that's a little bit like Leah, Luke, and
0: Han, Luke, and Leia. Han Luke and Leah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not Le- quite following Le- what Le- you're saying. Can you tell me that again?
1: Yeah, I guess what I'm saying you have this dynamic of two guys and a girl. Uh-huh. Not that gender has to be important, but but there's that group of three friends. Right. right. And the
0: first trilogy is Luke's story and this one is Rey's story. Yeah. I, and, yeah.
1: And it's cool that a woman is in the position yeah. of the way that Luke, we saw oh, sure. the story through his Yeah, eyes. I mean,
0: that's something I've loved about the whole trilogy is to finally, like, have a female-centric Star Wars trilogy is yeah. awesome.
1: But I just, it's weird. You, it seems obvious, but I didn't think about those three as echoing the other three,
0: yeah, and they weren't really together all that much in the second movie mm-hmm. uh, or the first movie. So this is the only one, like Force Awakens. You know, Poe is not in most of the movie. He like we think he dies in the beginning, and right. then he comes back towards the end.
2: Right, uh,
0: and then all three of them are kind of doing different shit in the second movie. Yeah, in uh right in Last Jedi, but in this one they're fighting together. Yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah,
0: and it's great because you get to see their their. Like see them as a trio in yeah. the way that like Han, Luke, and Leia were in the original. So I totally, totally. I totally know what you're and saying. And there about was
1: that. it. You know what really made me think of it was there was that moment when Rey lands on the island and the three of them have this embrace. And I feel like there is a moment with Han, Luke, and Leia that's really similar where like they just finished some epic battle. After
0: they destroy the first Death Star, they all meet up and there's this big hug. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And it made me think of that moment. Yeah, cool. It like echoed that moment for me.
0: Yeah, and I want to go back to what you were saying a second ago about how, you know, in the original trilogy, Darth Vader is redeemed right before he dies. Yeah. So you don't get any time with Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. At the end of his life. You get like a couple of lines of dialogue. Sure. Tell your sister you were right, and then he's dead, <laughs> and in this one, we don't even get i mean we get almost no dialogue from Ben solo I know it's almost exclusively just acting choices that yeah. kind of convey who that character is, yeah, he says a couple of words, yeah, um but like that moment where he like falls on something he's like, ouch <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah, good yeah. and. And yeah, it is really heartbreaking. It's much more heartbreaking in this scenario, I uh, think, to get a glimpse of not just this cool guy, but this guy that Ray has these feelings for. I know. And this guy who is the son of two of the most classic, famous characters I know, in all of, you know, pop culture cinema, uh, the son of Han and Leia, to not get any real time with that character, but to see that he exists yeah. in this way that's completely... Fulfilling the expectation of what you'd want from the son of Han and Leia to get him, like, just a snippet in this movie. It was so is so great and it's so sad that you don't get more but to me it's like deeply satisfying the portrayal of ben solo i just i mean adam driver just really killed it in this movie He
1: is so good he is yeah. so expressive he's so clear he's just he's so great he's exactly yeah. and he is the character i mean you really feel the embodiment of that character in him. it doesn't feel like yeah. he's putting on the character you know
0: yeah what else stood out to you in this movie I mean, I I'll say Andy was hooting and hollering throughout the whole movie. Like I was. It's, it's what you want to see from someone who's experiencing a Star Wars movie for the first time.
1: <laughs> I, I made Jesse pause like three times. Oh,
0: yeah. We paused a lot to talk.
1: Yeah, because I just couldn't. I just had to. Well, part of it was, and I will say this, I think it may have benefited me to watch the movie before
0: to watch rise or last Jedi
1: last Jedi Yeah, before we I talked watches.
0: about rewatching watching that and yeah then
1: but then we just got we just, into it and you it was know. ready to but it I was on Disney plus so like reminders. let's just watch it yeah yeah, yeah. we but, talked
0: through the last Jedi before we watched yeah rise
1: yeah and that helped um but I think there were just a few moments where I was like wait 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 pause what what can you remind me da, 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 da. yeah and um but oh and then yeah and then a lot of it was pausing to be like oh my god <laughs> I just thought that the pacing was so perfect. Hmm. Like, I felt there was action when I needed it. But there was also moments of stillness when I needed it. It did start a little slow for me.
0: Really? That's interesting.
1: It There was just, I took a second to get into it, back into it. Did, it yeah. wasn't slow. I'm sorry. It didn't start slow in terms of the storytelling. I actually think yeah. it hit the ground running. But in terms of emotional connection, knowing, emotional connection and knowing where we were headed.
0: Yeah. The, f- the first few minutes of the movie are really frenetic. Yeah. Where, like, you're you're in the woods and Kylo Ren is killing people. And then you're, like, hyperspace yeah. hyperspace skipping, which we've never seen before, where they're just, like, jumping from place to place. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a spy that's trying to get them this information. And then that spy gets his head cut off and he's on the desk later. And yeah. th- like a million things happen in the beginning of the movie. And yeah. it's actually kind of hard to follow the first time.
3: Yeah. And this
0: this is actually one of the criticisms that I've seen like pretty widely of the movies at the beginning is like, there's just too much going on.
1: I agree with that.
0: Um, to the point where you, it is hard to connect, but I, I will say that on a second viewing, I was thrilled by it. I was like, wow, we get so much awesome star Wars shit. Like back to back to back to back in the beginning of this movie, like so many amazing set pieces and, uh, like cool fights and just like crazy shit you've never seen before. And like, wow, this is just thrilling.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think this is the kind of movie you want to watch more than once mm-hmm. and you kind of need to, which which I think is actually smart. Um, but it did, like, the second half definitely lingers in my mind far more clearly than the first half. Yeah. And I think if I rewatched it, then I would be able to focus on the first half a little bit more.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what um, it felt like to watch
2: it again. Yeah,
1: but I I think where it left me off was so good that right. it, the beginning, however it was, didn't, I don't know, tarnish that for me, you know, in yeah. terms of the overall effect of the movie.
0: The first time I watched it, I was really unsure about the first half. I'm like, it's so fast. I don't know if I like this or not. But then the moment that Ray heals Kylo and we see Han Solo and I mean, from there on out, I'm like emotionally invested Yeah, the first time. And the second time, I was emotionally invested the whole time. Like yeah, my yeah. my estimation of this movie actually jumped significantly, and oh, I loved great. it the first time. Yeah. But watching it again, I was like, "Shit, this is rad! Like this is a great Star Wars movie. Oh, I'm yeah. so stoked."
1: Oh, that's great! I'm actually happy to hear that because I kind of do want to watch it again. So yeah. Um, yeah, I just I think also something about it that really stood out for me was that it did. It did a little bit more again of that, and I'm trying to remember the name Rogue One Hmm. for me, of the like reminding me that this is a war and reminding me of the structure that Star Wars is sort of built around, as opposed to just like action, 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 action. The idea of this oppressive government Mm -hmm. um, being there and wiping out this small rebellion that you think is small and then all these people show up yeah and that whole thing they say about the way that the empire defeats you is making you think you're alone yeah and that to me that message right now i don't mean to be get like dramatic but that was a really resonant message for yeah. me um just and this is totally me and my perspective and my beliefs but like politically and socially that That idea, especially living in America right now, with who's in power, like that idea that there are lots of people who hold the values I hold in this country, and they aren't the minority, they're the majority, but there mm. are systems in place that make those voices harder to hear, yeah, but like you're not alone, and i I don't know that to me that was something that was a tone of the movie that I really appreciated, and is something that star wars is all about
0: i totally agree yeah and i think that that is in many ways like the the heart of this movie is that if you, like be willing to stand up and fight for you know freedom and mm-hmm. for the personal liberties of the people that you love yeah. and other people are willing to fight for that as well yeah and the people that want control over you and the people that want you to live in fear want to want to keep those other people away from you and like yeah. keep you separate to keep you weak but if you band together you can be strong. Yeah, yeah, it's a very powerful message. I I mean when this movie came out, I I really liked it and then the very next day I was like what is the what is happening with this fan backlash? Like there was massive fan backlash, maybe yeah. even more so than against the last Jedi, which was very divisive. Huh. Where this one, people like this movie is just pandering and um, poorly written bullshit, and people just hate hated it. Yeah, but like a lot of people love it, and I, I this is one again where I just don't understand the hatred for it. I feel like this movie, yeah, I mean it's a it's a weird experience watching Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker because they are mm-hmm. created by two different filmmakers. The first and the third are made by J.J. Abrams, and the middle is made by Ryan Johnson. And they they kind of like, like the second movie was like, well, everything you thought about the first movie didn't matter. This is what matters. <laughs> and then the third movie is like, everything that you didn't think mattered does matter. <laughs> uh, so there's like a weird jarring nature to that. Yeah. But I don't know. I really like it. I I feel like it's fun. You know, surprising storytelling. And even, even when it isn't surprising, it's satisfying. Sure. I really like this arc of Chief Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, being the driving force. That works super well for me. Yeah. Just feeling like the whole nine movie saga is just his rise to power, his defeat, mm. and then his rise again like from beyond death he comes back he's that hard to kill yeah and like whether he's a clone or something else is you know not really talked about in the movie yeah they'll definitely go into it in the expanded universe i think they've already started to flesh out those details yeah but for me it didn't matter for me it was like man this guy's so powerful with the dark side of the force that he still exists yeah we have to we have to defeat him once and for all sure and the only way to do that is to work together. When, to have these two people who are like two sides of a coin, a dyad in the force, mm. coming together and discovering their power together, and yeah. their and their their love for each other, and whether or not that's romantic or not doesn't matter, you know. But sure. like that power being what defeated this evil, I thought is really awesome.
1: I agree, and you know, I this is, movie also has me thinking about the ways in which. Star Wars has defeated that power. And it's an interesting debate about, because, you know, I mean, the rebels kill a lot of people, you yeah. know, be- they're, they're in war, right? They are in a state of war and they defeat that power the, way, the same way that power shows aggression towards them and defeats them and instills fear in them. They have no choice but to use that same language, right? But I was thinking about how, like, if it was Star Trek... There may be, like, Star Trek is aspirational, meaning, like, the way in which that power would be defeated in Star Trek would be through, like, negotiations or through, I, you know, but, like, the, the idea that humanity can move beyond. I mean, there's war in Star Trek, and especially in contemporary Star Trek. Yeah. But I feel like just these tons of people dying and watching these mass explosions and just without n- taking note of of the violence that that is is much more star wars than star trek and what's interesting yeah. is star wars is supposed to take place in the past so yeah well
0: and also i mean star wars the whole idea of long time ago a galaxy far far away yeah i think basically just means like this is these are not earth humans you know yeah, like this sure. is this is just somewhere else some other time this is disconnected from our reality yeah um but it's, it's
1: interesting, like, what makes them, the rebels, good isn't that they don't kill or that they don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, Rey, but then, I don't know, then Rey does save him. Like, after she kills him, she heals him and saves him.
0: Yeah, like, the Jedi way is supposed to be that you fight only when absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, but they do fight a lot more mm-hmm. than Starfleet. Yeah. Which has a similar policy.
1: Right, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean Star Wars has always been about like space battles, explosions, action, adventure. Sure, of and, course. Um, but I I do I like to, I enjoy that stuff, you know, like it's fun. It's great fun. I, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I've always loved Star Wars. Like I love Star Trek too, obviously, but um Yeah, like when Star when Star Wars tries to get more political like they did with the prequel trilogy, yeah. it's just a snooze fest.
1: People aren't, yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that.
0: Yeah, and I feel like J.J. Abrams really understands action and adventure really Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And he just infused this whole movie with so much fun. Yeah. Um, And even though there's huge stakes and scary moments and this intergalactic, undead, zombie-sith bad guy (laughs) that's terrifying. I mean but there's just so much fun and joy in the character interactions and that totally. that totally defines star wars to me that i
2: agree no matter
0: what's going on han luke and leia have like a wry remark for each other
1: yeah yeah totally
0: and that's just like crucial yeah, and yeah. i i mean yeah rogue one had less of that but a little bit of it like with the droid um mm-hmm. with k2so mm-hmm. but rise of skywalker is just full of it start to finish and yeah. sometimes the humor misses the mark and sometimes the uh, the dialogue doesn't feel quite authentic, and I I get some of the criticisms, but it's just such a good movie. Like I yeah. d- I don't know why people are so mad. I I <laughs> I want to stand up on this hill and plant a flag and say the Rise of Skywalker rocks. It's I a loved it. Great movie.
1: I really loved it.
0: It really hit me emotionally the second time, and just wrapping everything up with this idea that Rey chooses the name Skywalker with the with the go ahead from the Force ghosts of of Luke and Leia. <laughs> It just fills me with joy.
1: Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it was, I think it, I do think it played to the fans, but in a great way. I don't, I don't think that's a negative, and I yeah. don't think it was so pandering that there was no integrity in it or no point of view. I think that they had respect and knowledge that this is an experience that is very meaningful to a lot of people and that Mm. they are entrusted with that story. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I don't really see that, that that deserves criticism in this movie.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It's like if, if someone's like, okay, well the Bible's great, but we're going to write a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, people are going to be pissed if it's not exactly what they think it should be.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I think, yeah, sure.
0: Like, if Jesus is back and he's like, hey, I got another. <laughs> oh my God. And it's a trilogy.
1: I think that might come with its own set of issues. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. Um, but just to illustrate the point that, like, Star Wars is religion to a lot of people. Uh-huh. It is so So precious important. to them,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, that... I, there have been times in my life where I felt that very deeply. And mm-hmm. then like the prequels came out and I was like, oh man, I, ha- I had this whole like loss of faith, you know, <laughs> faith in Star Wars. And the Star Wars we're getting now is very different and very new, but I do really love it. Yeah. I mean, I've really loved all of it. I can't, like Solo, a Star Wars story is probably the worst of the new movies. Mm-hmm. And it's still a good movie. Like I, still, I enjoyed
2: it. I've yeah. watched it a couple times. I really yeah. enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. It's like a... A totally passable, if not enjoyable, Star Wars movie. I mean, there's some problems with it. Talking to B. Russell about it definitely lowered that one in my estimation a little bit. Um, But but yeah, Rise of Skywalker, I don't feel like anyone can convince me that this movie sucks, because I really love it. (laughs) And I'm just so stoked. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about this while watching it the second time. I was like, man... Um, this is another Star Wars movie that's going to be in my life for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I like that they ended with a little, I don't know, uh, not a teaser, because who knows if it's what's going to happen, but oh, an yeah. idea that maybe Janna and, and Lando, Lando would go and have their... Their own movie or their own adventure.
0: At the end of the movie, she's like, wait, what's that guy's name? I'm like, that's Lando. And you're like, that's Lando? Well,
1: it's because he kept calling himself...
0: General Calrissian. General
1: Calrissian, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why, but if I'm not hearing the name, the word Lando, the name Lando...
0: I get you. I mean, they actually mentioned that they're going to Endor in this movie. Uh, The first time I saw it, I totally missed that. I totally missed that they were going to Endor. Yeah. Uh, Because... Endor is like a very important planet to me. I'm very excited about Endor. And what
1: was the last movie we saw him in?
0: Return of the Jedi. Played by that actor. I mean, Lando was in Return of the
1: Jedi, which is which
0: episode six. So four, five, and six are the original trilogy. Yeah. Lando's in five and six. Right. And then we, well, Donald Glover plays Lando in Solo, a Star Wars. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But we, but we haven't
0: seen. Lando, as played by uh, yeah, the original actor, for since a long Return of the Jedi, time. And I yeah. it was you just like, didn't recognize him aged.
1: I didn't really. Yeah. I, I, it's now that you say it, I guess so. But I think I associate that character too with just a different. I don't know. Yeah,
0: and I've also, I mean, I've seen Billy D. Williams in a couple of things, like yeah. he was in Lost.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: A little bit. So I I'm familiar with like how he's aged and what he looks like
1: yeah and I also
0: I think I even knew that Lando was in this before I saw it, yeah, so I was expecting Lando and sure um, and there he is, and he's great, yeah. I mean he's yeah. really great, like
1: oh my God, yeah, he,
0: he really slipped right back into that role, yeah. um, but yeah, the whole tease of like Lando and Jana maybe going off and having adventures, even if we don't see it, mm-hmm. I like to I'm just happy that it's happening, I agree, in their universe, I agree, um, and I also like revisiting my feelings about how they use the footage they had of Carrie Fisher. I really feel yeah. like they did a great job. Yeah.
1: I think given that difficult task, they really met, met, met the job as best yeah. they could.
0: Yeah. Like, so when, one of the times we paused was when Han Solo shows up and Andy's like, what the fuck is happening? who is he? Why is he here? Yeah. Uh, and we talked a little bit about bees theory that yeah, from yeah, yeah. Uh, Star Wars club after rise of Skywalker came out. Um, B had this theory that Han is not Han. It's a force projection created by Leia of Han to help turn Ben to the light side. Which is also why he doesn't look
1: like a force ghost. Like, he's not translucent. He's not, you know.
0: And he, I mean, he wasn't a force wielder. So it wouldn't make any sense for Han to be a force ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he calls himself, or or actually Kylo calls him a memory. He says, you're just a memory. Mm -hmm. But, But I was paying attention to it this time. And Leia dies. Right around that point in the movie. Like right before that happens, Leia dies. Right. And everyone's like, Oh my god, Leia's dead, this is a disaster. Right. And at the end of the movie, Leia's body disappears. Right around the time that Kylo Ren dies for good. Ben Solo dies, his body disappears, mm-hmm. which indicates that uh that he becomes one with the force, and only good force wielders do that, from what we've seen. We don't we've right. never seen a dark side user die and then disappear. Mm-hmm. And Leia didn't disappear until like. He did. Hours, if not days after she died. Right. So that implies that Leia's spirit, her force essence, is still around. So I think that B is right. And I think that not only that, I think that Leia projects her force essence into Kylo Ren, into Ben. Um shows him a version of Han Solo and then rides with him through the end of the movie Which and does not let go. Sense. It doesn't let go of life and, yeah. and become a force ghost until the very end. Yeah. Uh, when Ben dies, we see her body disappear and then we see her as a force ghost at the end. So right. yeah, not only do I think that B was right about Leia projecting Han to Kylo or to Ben, I think that Leia was around for the whole movie as a silent passenger, yeah. um, basically like riding along with ben solo as he went and had these adventures guiding him, yeah yeah guiding him lending her strength to him yeah. even if silent
2: yeah
0: uh because like her relationship with him was so complicated and um right but but he needed the forgiveness
3: uh, and from makes- his father
0: to forgive himself for killing his father to allow himself to return to the light. Yep. So I really feel like that's the intention of the filmmakers is that Leia was a part of this the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. I love and- it. I think it's so cool.
1: Yeah. And I think it makes way more sense that that, that act that you just described would kill her, not just like whispering to her son, Ben.
0: Right. And to distract him so yeah, so, so, so that, that someone, someone else, else could stab, stab him, him <laughs> through the chest. Like,
1: that doesn't seem like that right. would take her it's down. not very you know? motherly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because when she dies, she whispers Ben. Yeah. And Ben hears it, is distracted, and then is then stabbed by Ray. Yeah. So there is a reading of the movie that she basically gave her life to expel this one whispery Ben <laughs> to her son to distract him so he could be killed. Um, but that completely discounts the fact that she doesn't disappear until later. So I yeah, feel like I agree. I feel like she's still with him until she disappears. But
1: then, then Han does show up as a Force ghost.
0: No, it's it's Luke.
1: Oh, she's with Luke. Oh, yeah, it's right. Han.
0: It's Leia and Luke at the end.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: And then Luke also has that scene where he comes out of the fire catches the lightsaber that's
1: really i enjoyed that i liked the whole thing and then the then the all the the lightsaber and having the two of them the two lightsabers that then she pushes and you know what i did like is like what kills the emperor is actually just his own powers being reflected back at him yeah like that's how i envisioned when he put those lightning bolt things at her towards the lightsabers, and then she kept pushing.
2: Yeah, and then she pulls
0: out a second saber. Yeah. And that's when it gets pushed back.
1: Right, and it doesn't, it's it's not that she kills him with her own good force. It's like, no, it's that karma idea of like, it comes back, his negativity that he's putting to her comes back to him.
0: Yeah, this is something else we talked about in Star Wars Club. I don't remember the details, Mm. but... In episode three, when he becomes, you know, this mangled version of himself. Yeah. That happens because he's, like, shooting lightning at Mace Windu, which Mm. is Sam Jackson's character. Mm -hmm. And it bounces back onto him. Yeah. And disfigures him. Yeah. And we're talking about how he should just turn his fingers off. And then he wouldn't get fucked over so many times. Uh, But, yeah, it it is interesting that that is what, like, causes his face to melt off. And I also wonder, you know, what happens to his... Dark Spirit, because he had just pulled in all that life energy from Ray and Kylo and or Ray and Ben and basically become like a living version of himself again where his, like life returned to his eyes. Um It seemed like he was like his body was dead, but he was animating his own dead body with his force spirit. That's like kind of what I took from it huh. with his like gross fingers. Ooh. But then he actually got enough life force to reanimate his own body. Right, right. But then he's um struck down by Ray after that with this whole reflecting force fingers thing. Yeah. Um so what what happens to his dark spirit after that? Because I wondered it does it like is it like a Voldemort situation where it just Still
1: don't, don't give anything away.
0: Well, about no, well, that. I mean that's like from the Well, where are you? You're in book 6. Yeah. So like you've book 4 small Harry Potter spoilers for book 4 but Voldemort returns. So he was like killed.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: And then he returns to a new I a new body. I see what you're saying. I thought you it's were like, going to
1: give away what happens at the end of the book.
0: That is not my intention. Okay. Great. Or plan.
1: Great, great, great,
0: great. But great. Yeah, Harry kills Hermione. That's <laughs> Aboy- how it all ends.
1: Avoiding Harry Potter spoilers in 2020 is <laughs> A real hey,
0: art. Andy's reading them right now. I'm stoked for know, you. It's, it's awesome. awesome. I yeah, love it's such too. a fun thing to read.
1: But yeah, so there's some serious so, Voldemort vibes. Well, going
0: on. yeah. I mean, my question is like, can you kill him? Like, if he's already been killed and then continued to exist in some form, is this just another setback for Palpatine, or, or what? That's I'm curious about that.
1: Yeah, I don't actually know. I never thought of it that way.
0: Yeah. The, one of the other big controversial things was this idea that Ray was nobody. And then they kind of undid that to say, not only is she not nobody, she's a Palpatine. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that were like, oh man, it really spoke to me that Rey was nobody. Right. Um,
1: I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And this kind of undoes that. But this adds this new layer, which is that she's born of evil. Yeah. And she chooses to be good. And not only that, she chooses to be a Skywalker. Right. So I feel like we did lose a cool story, but we gained another cool story. So I feel good about it. But how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I do like, I do like that idea of, like, just because you're born out of hate, a a hateful kind doesn't mean you have to be that way, and it doesn't mean it's your destiny, and, or just even the story of you, your fear of what you might become, what you think is inevitable, and, things you i mean this is like really simplifying it but things you see that you don't want to repeat or 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 evils you see around you that you think oh i i'm just that is just how i'm going to be that's just how my life is going to be and that you can just that you can actually you have determination and you can decide whether you're going to let that be who you are yeah but i don't think it also i also think it doesn't have to dismiss the idea that you don't have to be somebody to be a jedi or to ha- or be a force wielder yeah like yeah I because at the same time true. finn
0: is discovering his own force sensitivity
1: yeah and then you discover all, an entire group of x um ex stormtrooper star- stormtroopers that force sensitive yeah, yeah. so yeah. i I don't know. Although I think
0: that's something that wasn't in the movie. That's from expanded stuff that I've... I've been reading the reports about the expanded universe stuff. Yeah. And they're saying that all of these ex stormtroopers that Jan is a part of that live on Endor yeah. are all Force-sensitive.
1: Which I think makes sense. I love it. I it's love great. that too. And I think that's in support of the... Just because... I guess what I'm saying is just because Ray's story is different doesn't mean that the original interpretation can't also be true... In general. For, yeah, even for though other it's characters. not true for her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I think it's, I, I really think they just did a great job. I, and, and I also acknowledge that I'm not an OG Star Wars nut. Yeah. So, so I think there may be things, no, I know there would be things that I would maybe be more precious about or sensitive to.
0: Right. If you hadn't just seen all the movies within the last year for yeah, the first time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, I think that that is. A perspective that's interesting is like people that are just coming to star wars and sure, i think absolutely. a lot of young people will be and
2: um yeah it's, yeah it's
0: a funny thing like star wars is an interesting thing where if you've been in love with it for a really long time you kind of assume that everyone else feels the way about it that you do right you know it's like oh yeah all the prequels suck and all the originals are amazing right and, right um and like this is the best Part about the originals, this is the worst part, this is the thing that fans really love. But it's just what you love. It's like this is what I love, you know, this is why I love this thing in this specific way. Yeah. And it's it's always interesting to see the multitude of ways in which people experience things that I love differently. Totally. Um and just like recognizing that how you feel is just individual to you and not to anyone else. Yeah. Um but that being said, mm-hmm. people that think the rise of Skywalker sucks. Are really missing out because it's a great <laughs> movie to love. Like I'm really so excited about it. I am just thinking about man, this movie is going to be part of my like collection of movies that I just watch. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, like you got to watch Star Wars every few years, and and this is <laughs> this is a part of it and a, a welcome part. I mean, this is yeah. something I'll look forward to. This isn't like rewatching the prequels and slogging through it. This is like man, this move, this whole saga really ends on a high note. Absolutely. And I, I'm so stoked about that. I love it. Yay! All right, Andy. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts on this. We will definitely be talking more about Rise of Skywalker with yes. Star Wars Club because Good, we've should. already been talking about the fact that we're all rewatching it now that it's on <laughs> Disney Plus, and we're all going to have more things to say. Um, but that'll happen in the next edition of Star Wars Club because yeah. we've already recorded the one you're about to hear. Uh, so Star Wars Club got together last week to talk about Rebels season two. You Rebels is nipples? an incredible nipples. Yes. <laughs> Can you explain that for us, please? No. Well, this <laughs> no, last
1: no, 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 no. I'll explain it.
0: Okay. So I was like binge watching Rebels. Yeah,
1: yeah and I was like, "What are you? What, what have you been watching? Like, what? What is this show that you that you? You know, I'm I'm walking in on you watching all the time." And he said Rebels, but I heard nipples, <laughs> and then I genuinely couldn't remember. <laughs> the name of the show. And so whenever I referred to it, I would just be like, how's Nipples going? (laughs) Because I could remember what I misunderstood it to be. And now I just call it Nipples.
0: (laughs) And now I call it Nipples.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you're all welcome to call it Nipples.
0: Yeah. Uh, Man, season two of Nipples is... (laughs) is some like really, really, really high bar quality Star Wars content. And we had so much fun chatting about it with Star Wars Club. So that's coming up right now on the podcast. Andy, thank you for joining us. Always good to to see you and to hear you, I hope, for the listeners.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm glad it's good to see me because that's all you do now. Yes. You're the only
0: person I see.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But no, I really had a great time and and thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, always. (laughs) All right. It is time for Star Wars Club. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, Jenny B and Doug are back. Welcome back. to star wars club we're here to talk about season two of rebels
2: yes. oh
0: man yes. i
2: just oh, finished
0: this i just finished this like 15 minutes ago
4: oh oh it's fresh in <laughs> it's your mind. fresh
0: season two of rebels was fucking rad i oh, like right? i couldn't even believe it it's so good it's it, intense. it's like maybe the best piece of like supplementary Star Wars material that's ever been made. It's so Seriously, good. Seriously,
5: I was like yeah. thinking about it. Like it's hard to put the shows like line them up with the movies, but I placed it somewhere around like Rogue One for me. Yeah. Like, I loved it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was oh so God. good. I mean, it's it's hard to compare the live action to the cartoons, but at a certain point in this season, I stopped noticing that it was a cartoon and yeah. it just felt like 100% yes. real Star Wars to me. <laughs> It was, yeah. it was really amazing.
3: That's how I felt That's, with Clone Wars. So I feel like I was really set up for wow. Rebels, where I, I had already gotten into like this whole method of storytelling. And and again, I'm still surprised that Clone Wars doesn't get at least some more credit for what it was. Um, and so Rebels, for me, it was like, yep, right away for more good Star Wars content. Yeah. Oh,
4: my God, yeah i feel i really agree with you jesse as far as like forgetting that it's a cartoon i feel like with season two especially they brought some characters that we would know very well into the mix that i felt like grounded it yeah um i know we'll probably talk about that more but just with vader's presence yeah. and and leia's episode leia's episode um, yeah having yoda throughout and even having ahsoka from clone wars yeah in- I feel like it just made it feel very full like Darth the Maul,
0: Emperor Palpatine yes. It was oh a long
3: God. list It was yeah. so satisfying know. But done the right way Not yeah. like The like, fact that
5: I started with this Like It is making me, it is like kind of what I thought was going to happen It's making me want to go back now and watch Clone Wars Because yeah. I feel like there's little like backstories That now I'm interested in And now that I'm maybe not getting like the full picture That I want to go back and now watch
3: Clone Yeah, Wars. like Darth Maul, there's okay. an arc that will explain You know why Mm -hmm. he's not in, like, two worm pieces or something. Why he's got legs. (laughs) Yeah. Why he's got legs. Well, sort of. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the Darth Maul story is the story of the various legs he gets and loses.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you something weird, though, about Darth Maul? When I first, like, when you first heard him talk and you couldn't quite see who he was, or maybe it's because I was, like, watching on my phone in the kitchen, but I couldn't make out anything, like, features besides the hood. Right. i kept thinking it was saw guerrera i thought it sounded mm. like voice that's yeah the, oh yeah
2: mm-hmm. like yeah. That
5: is just the raspiness to it that's who i thought that very and then but i could kind of see from the form it didn't look like big enough like it looked just more slender or something but that's that was my first thought maybe. that
0: was my first thought too like the first mm-hmm. word he spoke is like saw guerrera but then as he kept talking know. as soon as he said that the Sith like used him and cast him aside. I was like, "That's fucking Darth Maul," and yeah. I was so <laughs> stoked, so right. stoked. He
5: talks, I, I kind of it out, yeah, but,
0: totally. They really. I mean, the reveal of Darth Maul was incredibly artfully done. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Like the Thanks every word much. that he said, and like the little glimpses of his tattooed face that you could almost see underneath his hooded robe is like. That is how you introduce a fucking character. I mean, that was so good. The animation, the voice acting, the script. This show's fucking great. Like, I was so impressed.
4: The last two episodes of this season are my favorite episodes. Wow. And specifically with the reveal of Darth Maul, like, I loved how as he got Ezra's trust, he revealed more of himself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I loved it. it.
4: by the when he first meets him, he's hunched over, his voice is all altered, he's weak, he's using his cane. By the time they use the the force to get through all those doors, he's standing up straight. He mm. takes his clothes off, and he's not using that cane anymore. It's like yeah. I don't oh, space.
0: I didn't even pick that up. That's true. Well,
4: Also, did you guys notice a
5: parallel to, um, like, when that scene? I thought it kind of was referencing and mirroring when Luke meets Yoda on Dagobah because he says something like, away with your weapon. Yeah. Put your weapon down. And he's, I I don't know, I I mean you no harm, but he said something. It was very, like, mirrored that, which I also thought was such a cool way to kind of, because your brain's just trying to figure out good guy, bad guy, who, like, what is, and that also, like, mimic, you know, his, you're just never quite sure. What Or again, maybe since I haven't seen the Clone Wars, um, I don't know. Like, he's sort of mysterious. Is he helping them? Is he really... I mean, you know he's not a good guy, but right. a little more vague.
0: Yeah, just, like, having that weirdness happen with Darth Maul was so fucking gratifying for me. Like,
2: yeah, because
0: we've all been fantasizing about what would have happened if Darth Maul stayed in the prequel trilogy beyond the first movie right. for years. Like, that's been a hot topic of, like, wow... The first prequel sucked, but Darth Maul was pretty cool. Like, what could have happened with that character? And this was just, Mm -hmm. like, such a fulfillment of that, to have him, you know, interacting in this story that I cared so much about, and then to also have, like, sort of gray motivations at first, where you couldn't tell, like, I mean, he's obviously evil. He's got those yellow Sith eyes. He's obviously still a bad guy, but he seems so, like, rational and present and intelligent Um, and it's hard to tell it's like hard to it's like i know that's darth maul but i'm not quite sure if he's still super bad or not i mean spoiler he's still super bad but i just (laughs) loved loved how they presented that
4: yeah i mean y'all gotta watch the clone wars because Mm -hmm. especially season seven doug have you watched seven
3: no because i have to watch uh all rebels first Mm. oh my god because that's the order it came out in, even though it's not narratively the correct order seven just finished
0: airing this week like that's brand new
4: Right. It it was beautifully done, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Can't!" Like I was just left with my mouth agape. I wow. was yeah. like, "I can't believe what I just saw." Um, and like a lot of Maul's uh, story is filled out in the Clone Wars, and most most of it is. And it, his story will come to a close in Rebels. We just haven't
3: seen it yet. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's, it's it's. I think Clone Wars did all of the groundwork for. Um, not redeeming Maul as a character, but redeeming the the usage of him in the in the Star Wars canon, Yes. right exactly. right, like explaining how he's still around yeah they i mean it's it they go through a whole thing with him, and he has a whole big you know to get to the point that he is in rebels, i think there it does make more sense his motivations are at least. His kind of like, I'm going to burn all of this down. Yeah. Does make more sense with knowing what we know, at least up to mm. season six of Clone Wars. I don't know if he's more in seven or not. Yeah. Wait, so
5: where does Solo oh, fall in between? Okay. Solo is before Rebels, but after Clone Wars, right?
0: I'm- I think that's right, actually.
4: Yes. That sounds correct.
0: Yeah, Solo's before Rebels, but after Clone Wars. So yeah. Darth Maul being you know, in charge of, what was it, Crimson Dawn? Is that right?
4: Yeah, Crimson Dawn, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: like when we see him at the end of Solo is before we see him in Rebels, but after we see yeah. him in the Clone Wars cartoon.
3: <laughs> well, because Clone Wars does set up like him and his brother, Clancy Brown, becoming like <laughs> crime lords, basically.
4: <laughs> the thing that's, you guys haven't seen it yet, but actually season seven of Clone Wars happens after
3: Solo. Oh, okay. So they can kind of fill in that gap because oh, that was like a a teaser that they don't follow up on. Oof! Yeah. I, don't tell
0: me any more about season seven of Clone Wars because I'm fucking <laughs> stoked on it. Like, the the thing is, like, watching Rebels, I've, you know, having seen like the first half of Clone Wars, like I'm in the beginning of season four right now, I think, and I really fell off, but like seeing. What Dave Filoni becomes as a storyteller in Rebels,
2: oh my God. I'm like, and yeah. also, I mean,
0: he's a huge part of the Mandalorian. It's like, God damn, huh? I gotta Go watch what he's doing because, like, seeing his growth as a storyteller is something that can maybe keep me engaged in Clone Wars until it yeah. gets to the point where I hear it gets amazing in like season five. So, well,
3: I yeah. I had wondered, uh, I don't know any of the behind the scenes stuff, but watching Clone Wars and Rebels, the the sense that I got was that. Clone Wars was restrained by an idea of it being like a family-friendly kids-type show and it not being kind of like a, a, a more mature storytelling that you see in Rebels. So this, right. And I may be way off base. It may just be watching a writer get confident with the material, but it feels more like Rebels is like them saying like, okay, we trust you, like just do what yeah. you're going to do, you know?
0: I think that's true. I also think a big part of it is like George Lucas – was mm-hmm. making the Clone Wars you know like he, he was in charge mm-hmm. and then he handed a, that off to Dave Filoni at a certain point
4: but, there you go <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's, that, I, have, okay have any y'all seen the new do- the starting of the new documentary yeah. about Mandalorian
0: I just no, wa- I haven't
2: watched, it yet. I watched the first episode oh. with Andy
0: today uh it was really interesting like really interesting so many ah. interesting things there to learn
4: I loved. it I watched the next episode today. Actually, this because they have a second one. I wasn't sure if it was going to be multiple episodes or just the one. Um, but at least, like, I feel like with that first episode of that docu series, it does. Dave Filoni does talk about being brought when he was hired on to Lucasfilm. Yeah, Film. yeah so that man. was the
0: best part. <laughs>
4: but he does, I feel like he does reveal that he didn't know what he was doing. He was entering a medium that he had never worked in before.
3: Yeah. yeah. And really
4: was under George Lucas, wing and was writing, you know, being, he said that he was getting promoted as Clone Wars was being aired. So like his, position started on the project, but was not the position he ended with, which I think is really.
2: Yeah.
0: And like like George Lucas definitely was the driving force behind the start of the Clone Wars cartoon. So, it's interesting, like, to see how George Lucas's Star Wars a- aesthetic changed over the years. I mean, when you go back to the original trilogy and then the prequel trilogy, it's obviously super different. But, like, yeah. Clone Wars itself is a really interesting document of, like, this is the George Lucas, like, Star Wars cartoon. You know, it's what he wanted it to be, especially at first. Um, so, like, getting a, getting a sense of how his vision of Star Wars changed over the years is really interesting. And how, like, someone new, like, Dave Filoni comes in and picks it up. And has a vision based off of the original vision that for me is like closer to what the original Star Wars meant. Like mm-hmm. season two of Rebels just captured what it meant to be Star Wars for me. Like I felt like yeah. a little kid watching this show.
5: Me too. Just like falling in
0: love with Star Wars all over again. I'm like, wow, oh this is God. really incredible. And I just I love I love just like noticing different creators changing and growing and all that stuff. I just think it's really fascinating, especially in the case of, you know, George Lucas, who's one of the most um like one of the most divergent turns that a filmmaker has taken, in my opinion.
4: Yeah. But, uh, um one of the things that, this is I guess the only other thing I that I thought was the big that, that linked Clone Wars and Rebels together in this season was how many characters from Clone Wars they brought back. Like they brought mm-hmm. so many. Yeah owns like Rex and the other clones oh, yeah. that
5: was one of my favorite episodes um, it was, was amazing the it was incredible together. i
0: loved it yeah
5: that machine that they had the sand crawler thing was <laughs> just oh my <laughs> god i was like this is like we this is why i love star wars i was obsessed yeah. with that that sand crawling machine thing it was so Beautiful, the
0: way. Ah. I wanted and to I live on it. I'm like, places. this lifestyle is for me. <laughs> yeah, this ah, is a mobile ah, home ah, I can get behind. Yeah. Oh
5: my god, I love the clone troopers.
0: Yeah, and then having Rex around for the entire season was like
5: yes. such
0: a treat. What a great yeah. character! And you know, I've seen enough Clone Wars to know who Rex is, and what they did with his character was just fucking brilliant. I loved it.
3: Well, it's really yeah. good because you know, you there's so much back and forth of heroes and villains through. Star Wars, you know, and so you watch Clone Wars and it's very weird because you're like, God, Anakin is going to murder children as soon as this (laughs) is all done. And, you know, and then also all of these clones, they're going to wind up murdering Jedi. So to have Rebels start where you've got like a, a, a Jedi who survived meeting some of the clones who he very rightly feels is responsible for all this is an interesting... It's an interesting story to play with, and I, and and also the uh, the obvious one of of Anakin turning to Darth Vader, and then Ahsoka basically having to come to realize that this is, you know, her former mentor and 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 a friend and somebody oh, yeah. who she definitely looked up to and and had strong feelings for, and I, it's what I love about Rebels is that that part of the other stories you're telling are the those explorations, and I think that's a very it's a very, it's a very beautiful thing, and, and I, I like seeing it through, you know, again, like uh, Rex and Kanan and Ahsoka and and Darth Vader. It's, yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got so many like tantalizing nuggets of knowledge, also about the Star Wars universe as a whole that had been kind of eating holes in my brain for years like the whole idea of the clone troopers like rex digging out these control chips so that they wouldn't turn on the jedi i'm like
2: oh yeah. there we yeah. go
3: there we go so, that explains it well that's one that is a story that's covered in clone wars oh cool that was the that's, one that i had said was one of my favorite arcs that was written by uh george lucas's uh, one of george lucas's adopted daughters oh man i can't wait to see that and it's it's great it's that might even be—I mean, it's that's like Rebels level to me of storytelling and such a beautiful mm-hmm. piece of Star Wars canon. So, uh, so yeah, and it's nice that you don't you don't need to see that to have the information conveyed through Rebels. Yeah, and then when yeah. you watch Clone Wars, you just get like a it's like a, a deeper version of the same story. Yeah, yeah.
5: it's like Absolutely. for me watching like a prequel. Like I don't think it's going to be ruined for me watching them backwards. Like I'm glad I did it this way, actually
0: yeah me too actually because like i'm it's really giving me something to want to watch clone wars for you know
5: yeah <laughs> yep. i think I, I watched the first two episodes of clone wars i think and i like like i said i couldn't get in but i'm gonna give it another try yeah i mean, I'm in with this show.
4: it's gonna get crazier i like it. <laughs> it's gonna literally i oh it's gonna get so crazy y'all
2: like, dude um, i trust
5: b you have like my full. for anything you recommend to me at this point i will go watch <laughs> i literally promised like a se- several episodes i was like thank you b i'm so <laughs> glad that i like heard about it because I, I don't think i ever would have actually like picked i don't know i kind of just like discredited these cartoons like i just wasn't i wasn't gonna get into it and i'm so glad i did
2: yeah. I know,
4: I, but that's how I felt, though. Like, I remember watching Rebels when it was on TV, like, when it was new, and I was like, what is this? Like, the animation bothered me, and I was like, I don't know, if it felt very, like, childish, and I wasn't sure yeah. if I could really get into it. I didn't really give it a chance, but one day I was like, let me just buy all of season one on Amazon and just watch it, and, like, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan. I, wanted, I want to ingest content, and I <laughs> want to know what's going on. Let me just watch it, and then I was like, Damn, I gotta watch
2: season two! (laughs) Yeah, like, I love that
5: it's getting a little less... Like, the first season was very... Also kind of, like, 80s sitcom. Like, Mm. chopper! (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) slap each other, like, (laughs) (laughs) roll the credits, you know? And and they still keep, like, a little bit of that, but the tone just matured so much. I mean, there were several episodes. I actually went back and watched them twice (laughs) um, because I... Uh, Like I was so immersed in the world, I just couldn't get enough. Like the one, um, the two episodes were my favorite. I have the screen up so I can have them all in front of me. But it was episode five, the one on the band. Always there, always two there are, where they first meet the Inquisitors on that creepy medical Mm. ship, and then the one with the Pergles. (laughs) i yeah. right <laughs> oh, i was i want to like paint uh, like a painting of purgles like is that the space whales,
2: whales oh the space, the space whales, whales.
5: tentacles that they go and and siphon off the fuel and, and can fly through hyperspace oh, shit. Yeah. i was like yeah. this is everything i love about sci-fi yes. I, I was like in tears almost by that episode i The like them like dipping in and out of that like turquoise green mist like and then Ezra talking to them and communicating and like looking at them in their eyes I was "Ah!"
0: (laughs) yeah like that episode in particular just I kept thinking like this is how I felt as a kid reading Star Wars expanded novels like expanded universe novels it's exactly what it felt like to ingest that it's like the but but the difference is that the things that I was imagining they've put on screen how I would you know imagine it if they said like there's space whales in this beautiful gaseous mist, I mean what they did looks incredible it's i mean i'm still i'm so astonished at you know everything that they 've accomplished in this season
3: it's really incredible that was the episode that that made me i don 't know if it's a realization or it's a, a thought that I had about ezra 's character and ezra 's particular um, emphasis, it seems like, or speci- specialty in force usage, which is this like um, yeah. communication with mm. with other creatures, yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah. specifically communication with with I guess we'd say non sentient creatures, like other animals and, and whatnot. And what I was thinking is like, oh, you know, I think typically this is a kind of power they give to uh, uh, female characters. This is a mm-hmm. this is kind of like. It's not a destructive power, it's a communicative, empathetic, yeah. sympathetic uh-huh. power that lets him bridge this, this world and it's it's just I think it's an interesting thing to see it in like a, a young boy who was also kind of you know, a shit kicker at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it turns out like the, the core of his power is this communication empathy with other living creatures. Yeah, and, That's so true. Yeah. Has yeah. anyone
0: read any Robin Hobb fantasy novels? like uh, a press, uh, assassin's apprentice um any yeah. of that stuff it's some of my favorite, um, some of my favorite books. But she describes magic in a really cool way, where there's like two sides to magic. There's the wit, which is the ability to communicate with animals, and the skill, which is the ability to uh, use telepathy. So hmm. I, um, this whole season, I was thinking of Ezra as being witted because no. <laughs> he's able to like communicate with animals in a way that most force users don't seem to be able to. And I just thought that was such a wonderful. Character touch and character choice. Like, there's so many great character choices for everyone in the whole oh, main yeah. cast.
5: Oh my gosh! The other one, um, Hera. When Hara when you kind of hear, uh, it's, I'm looking Wings of the Master. I think it was the episode when she you hear kind of more about her when she takes that B-Wing from the Mon Calamari. Yeah, oh, my God. Like her right, right. yes. backstory, I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Each character gets so... And everyone kind of has one of those episodes. Even Chopper. This makes them so much... Fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Remember Even when Chopper. I said I wanted a series about droids? I feel like I got some of that, like the yeah. life of droids yeah. with Chopper and that wonderful protocol from um, Imperial. Yeah,
3: is that... That's, this is supposed to be like a mirror of r 2 d Two C-3PO, right? Absolutely. That's like... Okay yeah
5: yeah oh, i loved it
0: that episode was in- awesome like it was so good
5: <laughs> and yeah. that was a fun mm-hmm. one yeah I really
0: just like chopper um, going on his own adventure because he wants to steal this leg
5: <laughs> the leg and then he yeah. like meets <laughs>
0: another <laughs> droid and they end up like he ends up converting this other droid into a rebel
1: <laughs> and they steal oh, a ship God.
0: together it's just like it's just fucking rad. And I thought that that droid was dead at the end. And I almost cried. I was so upset. Like, and then no, it turns out I that know, he's fine. Too. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm so glad.
4: <laughs> One of my favorite moments of that episode is when they're about to all... The whole fleet's about to go into hyper <laughs> drive. And they're like, you realize that this is all depending on Chopper, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and Kanan's like, like i try not to think about it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. You're good.
2: An- There's so many good going.
5: episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. And then also... Um, another favorite one I just thought was so beautiful, um, the honorable the honorable ones where he where Zeb like, yeah. oh my god That's and Callus. Like you too. get Kalis, Oh yeah, yeah, Zeb and Callus get... on the
0: planet together alone. Yes. That yeah, was you never get a one of my favorites story, really of any yeah. of those
5: serial characters. Yeah. And I loved that. I loved that episode. And there yeah. and that last scene where Zeb's like greeted by his family and yeah. then Callus is like limping back to this like cold i just oh, yeah that was
0: incredible like when callus yeah. goes back to his room alone and looks so sad like he tries to talk to a coworker and he's like
5: you no. won't even talk to him Doesn't and then even look at him Doesn't
0: you just even see like the the acting from the animation you just see that he's like man yeah. maybe this isn't the right lifestyle it's so mm-hmm.
3: good it's so fucking yeah. good. well this is, yeah that's another thing that's it's another character who potentially could find like oh i've gone down this wrong path this character yeah. who was set up as a yeah. villain could potentially find, like, oh, yeah, this empire is terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also love that that's, like, this classic sci-fi trope of two enemies stuck on a planet together, forced to work together to survive, yeah. like Jordy and that huh. Romulan did that mm-hmm. one time. And as soon as that started, I'm like, good, great. I yeah. love this. Like, I love when shows do this. I don't care how many yeah. shows do this, to a, to a point, but uh, but this was it. one of the better examples of it, where the bond built between these two warriors was, like, so sincere and we find out like agent agent callus or agent sideburns had been like working against (laughs) the like he was like part of like the siege of Lasan, right he's like part of destroying um zeb's people and yet zeb is kind of forgiving him in this moment it's it's really powerful storytelling i fucking loved it
4: That is that was that is my favorite like top 3 the last yeah. two episodes of the season and then the honorable one those are my three favorite episodes of the entire season cuz I again like you said what Agent Callus has been the one following them since the beginning like mm-hmm. he's been there since season 1 and right. he continually is finding himself like trying to defeat these particular rebels and I also think it's funny because when other people encounter them He's like, don't underestimate them, and then they end up getting busted. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like oh, like these aren't just any rebels, like y'all. And he's like, oh, I see you had trouble with the boy that one episode. <laughs> them. But like, it's just such a, yeah. Everything everybody said, I agree with, but I just feel like the stakes were so much higher at that point in this in the series for me when I was watching it for the first time. I was like, oh, they're going deep. Like they, mm-hmm. uh, just afraid to, you know to flip the switch and allow us to see the the commonality of all the people fighting this war and that really they're all pawns in it like Mm -hmm. we know who's pulling the strings and why this war and why the Empire is like we know who's at the very top of manipulating this whole system but when you see the people that are just you know are part of the, I guess the collateral damage or the results of what you know, the Empire. You just kinda see them serving something that maybe they don't really know what they're serving. Like mm. I feel like Zeb was exactly what he's getting into with the rebels, but uh, Agent Callus doesn't really realize what he's gotten into with, with the Empire because they yeah. reveal in their conversations that he's like, what would be the point of the Empire, you know, killing off an entire race of people? Yeah. Right. And well, like you might need to look into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
0: like the subtext of that exact moment when Uh, we find out that like the Death Star was being built over Geonosis and then to keep the secret, the Emperor killed all Ah, Geonosians. Like that's what must have happened. Um, Just like as a longtime Star Wars fan, uh, it's just so satisfying. Like this also like weaved in the story of the prequels so flawlessly into the new or into the original, not the new, the original Star Wars. Um, That really impressed me as well because I'm someone who doesn't love the prequels and part of my struggle with the Clone Wars cartoon is that it looked too much like my least favorite star wars
2: so i like it was
0: hard for me to connect to but this is making it feel like it's all one star wars now and that's incredible i mean that's like such a gift to the fans and i can't imagine i can't imagine being given a show like rebels as a star wars fan and being told like hey you tell whatever story you want like what's the story you want to tell and he's like oh i want to i want to like bridge this gap somehow or they say hey we want you to bridge this gap However this came about, the way that the gap was bridged is so artfully done that it's like mm-hmm. such a such a wonderful service. I to like all Star Wars fans everywhere, I just really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, and there, there's yeah. like one of the one of the the main through lines is this is the establishment of the Rebel Alliance which right. doesn't exist now. Now it's just like, you know, it seems like disparate groups coalescing uh i thought one of the reveals on this season was going to be that uh the um, c-3po equivalent that found the planet for them i thought that was going to be like the yavin moon base. oh that's oh, right. exactly what i thought
0: i'm still not right. convinced that it's not yavin because like maybe they go to yavin and there's too many spiders so then they go to the moon <laughs> yavin 4 like, <laughs> i was sure that that was yavin they never named that planet so i'm still not convinced it's not yavin
4: (laughs) you'll find out (laughs) out.
0: (laughs) i also Um, i really want to talk about like ezra's story this season because as as great as this show was for bringing in all the old characters it also like served all the new characters so well and made you connect to all of them on an individual level like every single main character got episodes about them But then Ezra also has this, like, brilliant arc throughout it where you see him start to kind of use anger in his Force abilities throughout Mm -hmm. the season. And then he has these, like, wonderful adventures with this... Um, like bounty hunter, smuggler, dude. What was his name? The pirate Hondo. Hondo. Oh. Oh, yeah.
3: Hey, my
1: favorite
3: <laughs> I fucking love him. He's fucking Hondo's awesome. a great. He's a Clone Wars character. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's in Clone
5: Wars. Oh, I was wondering if he was from Clone Wars.
3: Oh yes. yeah. And so, as soon as he shows up, I was like, yes. <laughs> More, I, I would subscribe hundred percent to a Hondo series. Oh my god, yes. me too. He's so good. It's such a great. He's a he's a great, rascally, but mostly not a good guy. Yeah. But sometimes a good guy character. He's like
0: yeah, Harry Mudd, only more fun. <laughs> um,
4: He's just self serving. Like, yeah. whatever self yeah. serves him, you know, it's like, great. If partnering with you serves me, then great.
2: But yeah, See, Ezra you have loves to ask him. him. Something
4: like that to, like, kind of, you know, shake things up.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Keep like you on the, your toes. What I loved about the story plotting was, like, Ezra really likes Hondo, and we get to a sense of, like, Ezra likes people like that, yes. which ties directly into him just falling right into darth maul's pocket at the end of the season (laughs) because darth maul has a similar vibe he's like i am this bad guy but maybe there's good in me and ezra only wants to see the good in people and he always like he seems to feel the good in people and maybe there is some good in darth maul um because he has these this connection to other creatures he must have that with other sentient creatures Mm -hmm. as well as like animals too i would assume i think he can just like feel people and read people and um and seeing him do that with these bad guys also and also have, like, this little bit of anger kind of flooding through him where he uses the dark side at the end of the season mm-hmm. to open these doors, it's so interesting and, like, complex and layered. And, you know, it's not that uh, it's not that type of Star Wars where it's, like, as soon as you open your heart to the dark side, it takes you over forever. It's, like, there is this um, scale of force where, like, mm-hmm. maybe someone could tap into the dark side and still be on the light side, uh, but the Jedi have forbidden that, and, like, here's someone kind of beyond the Jedi, you know, like, the new Jedi Order, basically. The Jedi Order is gone, and Kanan is his only guide, and Kanan doesn't seem to see see these signs at all that Ezra is, you know, maybe using some dark side power, and it just makes me so excited to move forward with this character and see where he's going, because I wouldn't be surprised if Ezra turned to the dark side, I wouldn't be surprised if Ezra... Um, became some sort of grey Jedi in the middle which is something I've always wanted to see and I also wouldn't be surprised if Ezra became this like brilliant hero for the light side none of these things would surprise me because the storytelling has laid out so many different futures for this character and I'm just feeling like so excited about that like that's such a cool thing to do for a character
5: also okay I couldn't I didn't know if I was just forgetting something from season one but did they explain why his alias is always Jabba it exactly. was just, like,
3: early on, that was, like, one of the first times Yeah, got caught. That's just the fake name that he gave.
5: Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if that had been referenced in the first season or if that was something that was going to come up later.
3: Right. And it's, I mean, obviously, a lot of people know who Jabba the Hun is. Yeah, so. right. It's, <laughs> like, just a funny, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, your like, Jabba? Like, okay. Like, my <laughs>
5: alias is Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> It's a great running joke, though. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan no, of it. I, I, I agree it. for sure.
4: Can we talk about? So, like, I feel like, like you said, Jesse, every character in this particular season got a lot of attention. You're going to see in the next one that the women get even more highlighted, which I think will be. I think you guys are going to really love. <laughs> but like, poor. Can we please talk about how um, Kenan is blind now? Oh my, yeah. god, oh my yeah. god!
3: It oh. was. It's funny because I've been seeing the, like, whatever the landing image for the show. And I don't really, I I don't really look at them because it's just there. Uh, And then sometimes, like, me and Jesse are watching stuff on Netflix. And then I'll look at one of them and I'll realize, like, oh, shit, this kind of has spoilers that Jesse doesn't know about. (laughs) You know? And then just the other day before I had finished the series, I was watching, I just looked at it and I was like, Oh, Ezra's got like super short hair. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. oh shit! Mm-hmm. And the kanan has mm-hmm. got like his eyes are fucked up. And so, oh, I, but I didn't know even that. I was like, okay, he's going to go blind. I had no idea that it, when it was going to happen. So even knowing that it would happen, it was yeah. still a, a, a like a, a holy shit uh, surprise moment. That's Dude, the funny. way everything
5: went red, like just
2: oh
3: yeah,
5: straight red was so. I love the way they they showed that it was I, so dark, like
2: yeah
0: i actually dug i had a similar experience but i got it super wrong because oh <laughs> i uh i didn't know that that was kanan i'm like oh man ezra hair ezra's hair gets short and this looks like a time jump i'll bet kanan dies at the end of season two and he's like oh. really morose about it and <laughs> right. like who's this dude with the shit over his eyes you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't know it was kanan mm-hmm. and all of yeah. a sudden i'm like yeah. holy shit kanan's alive that is kanan oh my god <laughs> so yeah i I mean, it's also like a common trope in sci-fi movies for a character to lose their sight. I'm thinking about, you know, Matrix right now. And this right. was done right. so much better than any other example that I've seen, especially when a character has like extrasensory perception. He puts on this mask and then he stops Maul's punches from coming in. And I'm like, this is fucking badass.
3: Yeah, my assumption is that this is going to just make Kanan more steeped in the Force yeah. and just become more... Of that, I mean, because also they did this whole thing with him. I think now, uh, effectively being officially a Jedi Knight, right? With mm-hmm. with, with those mm-hmm. temple guards yeah, yeah. who seem to also oh, be yeah. connected to the uh, Inquisitors, um, yeah. Which which I love because this is to me is another thing that I had always wanted more of from all of the Star Wars movies, which was to like lean hard on this space magic that they have. Yeah, we're o- we're only seeing. A glimpse of it in the Star Wars movie, but obviously it's bigger and richer. And I had wanted the prequels to like go harder on that. And mm. they, 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 again, they still only give us gl- glimpses of it. They're like, oh, actually, there's like a council of people, and there's like, you know, there's there's uh, formal committees that are involved in deciding things with the force. I'm like, okay, okay, fine, but I want I want ancient temples and I want rituals and and mm-hmm. books and. And I want to see more examples that like, yeah, the Jedi and the Sith do this thing, but that's they are just one facet of this this gem of of other ways that people could use the force. And that's what yeah. clone wars, to keep talking about Clone Wars. They do a whole thing with these uh Night Sisters who are basically like space Yes, missions. The Night Sisters. Yeah. So that's great because that, to me that is still their force users. That's this is all yeah. just other instances and implementations of space magic and it was something that i never understood with star wars i had it sort of i think vaguely incorrectly explained to me where i had been under the impression that there could literally only physically be two sith users and that the power of the sith was that they had all of this power in a couple people and that the jedi could have disparate people and it's again it's just a policy it's not like a thing (laughs) that's just yeah this is yeah. a choice that someone made
0: and i think we there was also like very differing opinions on what the rule of two meant for like its entire existence up until the rise of skywalker in my opinion kind of cleared it up for good um, uh, see
3: i think i think clone wars clears it up for me oh personally. really oh and then yeah. rebels if anything just clarifies that yeah i was right about what this means mm, i agree that, i, I am be way off base but
4: I agree, I feel like with rebels, especially with the with how much we get to see inquisitors mm-hmm. uh, it's like it just shows that there are other people who use the force and invest in emotions and anger and fear, you know the dar- dark side who are not siF right. Um, and yeah. obviously, I mean, it still traveled in twos, but then we saw that third one at the end, but, you know, I mean, like, it, I feel like with Rebels, it just it gave us a physical example of real characters that didn't call themselves Sith, but obviously were using the dark side yeah. of the Force. To, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It definitely it, feels like just a, like, a, what's the word when it's like a linguistic difference? Uh, semantic? Semantic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels like
0: semantics because, like, what the Sith would see a jedi knight being like the jedi you know a jedi knight is going out and like doing all this shit using the force whatever these inquisitors are basically jedi knights but they are on the dark side but they're not Sith, mm-hmm. right and so that's that's just great. semantics like they are they're basically like, well, Je- they yeah, are basically just like dark jedi they're just called inquisitors
3: but they're more like the temple mm-hmm. knights they're more like you yeah. know where they're not part of it seems like the official pseudo-religious order of the sith or the jedi but they're like you know, enforcers within that yes. structure, that religious structure. Sure.
2: Yes, yeah, like
4: police or, you know, of these. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah but, totally. Yeah, like a low-level Jedi Knight would be a kind of an equivalent, I guess. I was
5: thinking of, um, from Rogue One, I am one with the Force, the Force is with me.
3: Right. Kind
5: of, not quite a Jedi Knight, but mm. sensitive to the Force. Yeah. yeah. I always so, took
3: that guy to be someone who was, like, connected to the Force, but maybe didn't have enough of a spark... You know, oh, to be like when they find like uh, the broom boy who's just like, look, yeah. he's a kid and he can he I can took live it, things. And
0: I took uh, it that Chirrut was either a Padawan as a child, or or just fully Force sensitive, but living in a time where you where Jedi were outlawed, and if you became a Jedi, you'd be killed. So he just couldn't really? become a full Jedi because there's no one to That's train real. him.
3: That's yeah, real. I think I think the natural ability is higher as portrayed in Star Wars, and that he's an example of someone who's like, what is like the lowest level. Mm-hmm. that you could have, hmm. but I don't know it'd be interesting to see, like, could that character be trained to get like, a, 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 you know full-on force powers, or could he I think at so. least further enhance that that the senses that he has yeah. you know, with training it's yeah. true, I
5: mean, it, there's well, so we'll many possibilities but we'll never find out, because they killed
3: him <laughs> 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 but you could tell that story through a different means you know,
0: oh sure, and I would love that I mean, I love, love Chirrut Imwe. That my favorite character from Rogue One for sure
4: he was great I mean on the same vein of talking about different like different examples of how the force was used I loved as far as Zeb's storyline The how he found two other Lasat that were yeah. still living yeah. and then yeah. Ashla was the like the force that they recognized Like the yeah. of- yeah. right 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 right
3: that was awesome that
4: Trippy. that whole trippy hyperspace jump yeah. that they
2: yeah. Talira yeah.
4: On, I was like what is happening <laughs> like <laughs> Thing. Just gonna go into the anomaly. Gonna yeah. trust Zeb's little stick, his uh his weapons gonna get us there. <laughs> the child of, like we go we're not gonna die. Like this is a like they are uh, they're tight because obviously they trusted him enough to just go into the unknown. I was like, this is a real tight family right here. They left the whole fleet to do what they need to do for Zeb and his other lassat. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful episode too.
5: Absolutely.
2: I love yeah. that one.
0: I, there and wasn't again, no, like, about, there like, was no bad episode. a
5: character that was so like at the very in the first season just kind of felt like comedic relief and giving yeah. such a cool development in
2: turn.
0: Yeah, for sure. I really I really fell in love with Hera this season. She's oh, so yeah. great. I'm really excited to learn more about that character. I also feel like Hera and Kanan yeah. are romantically involved and we just that's don't what see I it.
5: Thought. In the last,
3: yeah, yeah, I think the they've been, been implying that race. from the first season.
0: Yeah, like they're maybe married or something and we just don't ever see into their relationship. Or at least like partners in some way. I don't know. But I love that. I, that's such a cool choice. And it's so clear, you know, like when he meets her parents and he's trying to <laughs> impress impress her dad.
3: Yeah. And get along yeah. with
0: her dad like the way that you know someone's nervous boyfriend would. I feel like they're sending all these super clear signals. Which is but just yet it's
5: like. Still subtle, though, and it's it's so subtle, though. It's so subtle, yeah. I love
0: that. And, and those I love are like it. animated characters, you know, exuding those emotions. And that, again, that really surprises me. That impresses me, you know?
3: Yeah, I would be fine if that develops further into a more explicit. And I, I almost feel like they have to yeah. at this point. Yeah. Or they have to have like a clear break for it. But I'm glad that it's a slow burn of this story because I think I would not. Enjoyed as much if from the beginning of season one it was you know oh here's this couple that's together as part yeah. of this team you know yeah um, I think that story needs of... to kind of build its way
0: I agree yeah. that's such a great way of doing it
5: I'm just kind of tired of romance like I don't know I just feel like for so long I felt like just everything some there just had to be a romance in there yeah. throw it on if it yeah. doesn't feel natural it I don't know i
0: like the way they did that me too there's such a cool message in this that you can you know like go out in the universe and be a rebel with your spouse or significant other and you know have complete full lives and be in love with each other like that you never see that you only see people like falling in love or breaking up in movies you don't really see the stability side of things
2: yeah That's that's
4: true or someone dies Right. <laughs> or all of the
0: above in general. Like, if you think of Han and Leia, we got all of those things.
3: Yeah. Or they have to separate because he has to take his young lord out for training and adventures. Right.
0: <laughs> so coming back with no eyes.
4: <laughs> I know! that that The way that the last episode of the season, that, like, very cinematic, like, end where they kind of showcased where everybody was at the end of the episode and, like... Yeah. With-
2: Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka
4: is getting off after their battle there. Uh, by the way, that's probably one of my favorite moments when they have it was like it's like borderline corny, but it was so satisfying when Ahsoka and um Vader are talking before they battle oh, in front incredible. of the yeah. temple where yeah. he's like that like revenge is not the Jedi wish. like I am no Jedi and I'm like yeah. Yeah. And charges no. towards him Yeah and they Right, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Oh. And I love that last scene that they oh,
5: like. They show. I mean, again, you know, you kind of like when they show like where his helmet's broken, and you see like Anakin's eye, yes. and she's like, yeah. "I'm not leaving you." And it's like it's tough because it's like you know it doesn't work because we know what happens, and we know that he doesn't. That's you know not when he turns at the same time. Ah, uh, and and oh, but did you notice t- like the um like the labored breathing that. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a sound. Yes. This is exactly what it sounds like at the end of Return of the Jedi. Oh, yes. yes. I'm to breathe, just, yeah. It just, like, yes. stabbed me in the heart. Like, immediately took me back to the last scene in Return of the Jedi. Yes. And that labored breathing. And then this time, it's you know, obviously at this point, it's, like, not happening. I don't
2: know.
0: Yeah, they did an incredible job of putting anakin skywalker into darth vader for the first time in a convincing way where it's like oh wow that character from the prequels is darth vader you know it always felt so disparate to me but even just seeing like that little like Phantom of the opera size piece of his face was like there was so much like eye acting going on and i mean ahsoka's arc of like learning that darth vader was anakin was one of the best parts of the season even though it was such a small piece like her vision in the jedi temple was so like it was so cool
5: like you can't just cgi him into the original end of return of the jedi you know when they're at the right you know standing at the ewok you know celebration and it just doesn't do it
3: no no, it doesn't it's this
5: is what i was waiting for
3: yeah, yeah I it's mean one Darth... of the missteps that the third oh, prequel yeah. did. Is that, that, like Jesse's saying, it's just an abrupt, you mm-hmm. know, boom. Now he's Darth Vader. Yeah. 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 I mean,
4: we we saw him all crisp, crispified, <laughs> bald, and legless. Like he was <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, he's gonna leave your ass um, by the lava. That's it. And he can't yeah. help. Yeah, uh, and then he was in the suit it was like yeah we, you know, that was a very tragic abrupt way to show yeah him transitioning yeah. into darth vader yeah Dude, not...
5: also the way he arrives there on standing on top of the oh on TIE the tie fighter, fighter. that the was tie fighter.
4: gorgeous yeah. i
0: was like I darth vader is beautiful in that moment
5: <laughs> <laughs> which
0: surprised I... me
5: I saw a really funny meme or something or maybe the Reddit thread or something about how like Darth Vader is this like ultimate drama queen. like all that drama.
2: <laughs> And there was a really like,
5: scene in Rogue One where it's all dark and then his lightsaber goes up, you know, the last mm-hmm. scene in Rogue One before yeah, yeah. he gets on the tandem. And they're like, Dude, he had to literally turn off his breathing box and all of his <laughs> controls that keep him alive to the end of that moment, and it was worth it to him to make that entrance. That's <laughs> so really, true. I love like, it. Like several oh, other examples, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's so
2: right. Like, yeah.
5: <laughs> all about the drama, dramatic entrance.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, the, Darth Vader coming down on the TIE fighter was—it's it's one of the most iconic Star Wars moments now for me. Even mm-hmm. though, like, it just happened, you know, an hour ago when I first saw it for the first time. And in this cartoon, it's so iconic. It's so powerful. There was so much powerful, like, visual stuff happening that yeah. I... In the way that the original trilogy would do, where, like, you, it's complex enough to give you a sense of wonder, but it's simple enough for you to follow it on the first viewing and understand exactly what's happening with the action and you know you had this sense of wonder and you're inside of this incredible story it's all just like piling on top of you to just be this like amazing entertainment experience and that's what star wars is all about
3: and they just nailed it yeah mm-hmm. oh, man. And i like that they're being judicious with uh darth vader where this was just like yeah. bookended this series this season yeah and the um, emperor and- too
0: like, getting the Emperor in the first oh two parter was awesome. Like, actual oh, right. Ian McDiarmid Emperor voice. Right. And you can see, like, Darth Vader kneeling before the Emperor. And it's like, holy shit, there's more of this. This
2: is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
5: and the way they're developing the villains in this, I mean, I'm so excited for Grand Admiral Thrawn. I could cry. Oh, yeah. Especially. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to binge watch season three because yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to get to that.
3: We're going to wind up having to not wait uh, as long to uh, talk about it the next one.
0: I'm, I'm game, you know. Let's all just keep in touch on our watching and yeah. then move on board. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel oh. like Sabine was developed well in this season, but maybe not as well as the other characters. Like, I really like yeah. Sabine, and I loved her episode where you meet this other bounty hunter and learn that Sabine used to be a bounty hunter. And that other bounty hunter is played by Gina Torres, who we all love from Firefly. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. great. Um, but I felt like we didn't get quite as much of her. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like there's not as much like character knowledge there. So I don't feel like I know
3: her as well. Yeah. I, th- I'm guessing that Sabine is featured in later seasons because there's like, mm-hmm. I keep seeing like, Mandalore, Mandalore, Mandalorian in like just titles of future things. So yeah,
5: because B, you said that the female characters get more developed in
4: season three, right? Oh yeah. So like we went to Ryloth because that's where Hera is from, and we got to see Kam Sandula, who's a big character in Clone Wars, also. Like oh. they talk about how he liberated Ryloth, and there's a, he has an entire episode. I think it's a two-parter in Clone Wars with Mace Windu, and it was amazing to me that they made her his. Daughter, because he's such like a he's a huge like liberator in the in the Clone Wars, as far as like planets that resisted the like, Empire. Um, and we're going to go back to Ryloth for a pretty epic episode in season three. And I couldn't oh, remember, nice. I couldn't remember if it was two or three that the Ryloth episode that I remember. Um, I forgot that we there was another time, but yeah. The, ooh, it's gonna be crazy. Her, her,
3: her, her <laughs> dad is. In Clone Wars, right when they when they do the fight on Ryloth,
4: yes, he's the leader. Like he okay. is literally like the one. There's the, the the If I remember correctly in Clone Wars, like there's a on the planet there's the, the I guess the king or the prime minister of Ryloth, and then the rebels on Ryloth, and he leads like the rebellion on Ryloth.
3: Right, and he's uh, skeptical of, of the Republic coming in to help. He wants to basically yes. free Ryloth himself to not have another different yoke over him
4: that's mm. when they when um, the Republic comes they are already the Empire has already come to Ryloth and I believe the the palace or wherever they are is has been infiltrated but like because the people are so spread out the Empire is slowly trying to enslave and grab people on Ryloth so they're trying to organize and resist but yeah so when the Jedi come he's like we're already to do to free ourselves we don't need you here and it's this big... Um, I think it's two parts where Mace, it's Mace Windu that gets featured and he tries to um, partner with them. But I just thought it was really amazing that they made her attached to him because he's such a... I mean, so much of Star Wars features family connection and the yeah. fact that they made such a prominent character in Clone Wars... the a, a prominent character in Rebels, I thought was really cool, but yeah, you're gonna... Next, the women really do get featured in Season 3, and so much of Season 3 is about um, Sabine and Mandalore. I mean, we got a little bit of the taste of some of the Mandalorian clans, like when we got to meet. Um, what is his name?
3: Protector uh, of the Concord Dawn. Yeah, you know? I'm just <laughs> I'm like looking
4: Air, at the titles like, right now. Yeah, yes. Gar Saxon. Yeah, Gar. is his name? Um, and that was like, ooh, and she like invoked the whole honor code. Where I want to fight you. I was just like, okay, yeah. that was a but, great episode too. Yeah, so much of season three is gonna be actually on. Mandalore and you're going to see things that happen in Rebels that oh, actually do get showcased in the Mandalorian too
3: nice cool So yeah
0: yeah. that Did started this- to explain why in the Mandalorian TV show when like Din Djarin says Mandalorian is not a race it's a creed it seems like uh-huh. maybe his you know sect of Mandalorian is different from Sabine's and that's why there's so many differences as far as like taking your helmet off and all that kind of stuff like there's yeah. like a you know, it's kind of a I I was thinking about this like is this is this good st- storytelling or good retconning? Is this just a way to say that like all the people we've ever said are Mandalorian all count instead of and like we can all have different stories and build them differently
3: instead of just saying like Mandalorian is one thing you know? Excuse me. Point of order. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree with you semantically but I think that you're making a very good point. I, I think that this is good storytelling. I personally think that retconning means taking something that was clearly established and then later doing something that explicitly conflicts with that other thing that was explicitly established. And to, to my, for my money, what we're seeing is a slow unfolding and revealing of the details of mandalorian culture where there had been nothing ever said like oh this is the way things are for all mandalorians you know until they
0: started saying this is the way about a lot of things (laughs) well no
3: but again we're still seeing one group of people say that this is the way right Uh, i mean i've had conversations with people that have certain beliefs that tell me that this is the way things are but i You know, I know that not to be explicitly true. So I I think in a story, this would have to, to me, a retcon would be like, what if Darth Vader wasn't Luke's dad? Like, that's a retcon because that's something that's explicitly established. And now you're going to change it to be something else. I mean, that's an extreme example. You would never do something like that. But yeah yeah
0: i i agree i agree i also think i well for me what retconning covers a few other things as well one of them being like uh like this is what we've explicitly said happened before and then this is the thing that we did when we forgot what explicitly happened before and this is the reason that we've come up with for why point a and point c pass through point b (laughs) because here's the point b and it's like kind of out in the middle of nowhere but i'm thinking about like star trek and klingons you know like we never needed to have an explanation for why klingons look different but then they gave us one right um like that to me definitely feels like
3: retconning well well now we're going down a rabbit hole because there's also to (laughs) me there's 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 visual retconning that can happen and star trek does that all the time where it's like yeah we made new star trek that took place older times and it just looks different star wars is fascinating because they did not do that. They, Star Wars aesthetic was established very firmly in the 70s, and you know, just like watching um, the like Han Solo, where you're like, oh damn, they are they are really leaning into uh, the everything yeah, is connected yeah. with these like little tubes and latches and right. things like that. You know, the it's mechanics- like if they
0: made the original series Star Trek and they had you know still had little buttons all over the place. Like right, if they made right, a right. new Star Trek Discovery with the original series Enterprise that looked like. Had all those like clunky buttons and stuff. Star Wars yeah. is doing that. An wh- explicit which example: I Star Wars I, I really is whenever they
3: show computer screens yeah. of like the guns where they're shooting at Tie Fighters. Right. It's got our equivalent of 1970s yeah. computer screens. You know, totally. And people are right. still scribbling on giant glass boards. And, right. Yeah. So, but so that's the choice that they made aesthetically. Um, and Star Trek did that weird thing where it was like, yeah, everyone's mostly fine with a visual. We know that we didn't have great CGI or you know, prosthetic makeup in the sixties and now we do. So we did it differently. And then they just went ahead and said, yeah, but what if we could explain it? Like yeah. that's,
2: <laughs>
3: that, to me, that to me is like, yeah, boy, you opened big. I love it. I love it. But you do open a huge can of worms sure. there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I love that star Wars has gone out of its way for Darth Vader's eyes to have a red tint and everything up to oh. and including star Wars episode four. But then after that, it goes away, like episodes five and six, he no longer has a red tint in his eyes. But when they recreated Darth Vader for Rogue One, and when we see Darth Vader in Rebels, he has the red tint in his eyes that you see in,
2: yeah.
0: uh, in yeah. the original Star Wars movie. Like, they've really slavishly like uh, yeah. tried to make everything look like it actually happened. And that is actually what I prefer. I mean, I, I really appreciate that level of detail and level of, yep. in a way, fan service because it helps it to feel like the original thing um and like star trek is a different case where you know star
3: trek is like our human future and star wars is a entirely different thing star wars is more akin in a way to dune where dune is supposed to be humanity's future but it's so staggeringly far to the future that it, it has a new unique aesthetic you know sure and that's what star wars is star wars you know there's no talk of and that would be one of the to me the like if there's ever a sin that Star Wars could commit, yeah. it would be any mention of Earth. I agree <laughs> so hard with right. that. Now there is a hundred percent a human homeworld in Star Wars. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's been discussed in like the the books and stuff like that. I don't know of any of them doing it in like the main storylines, but that is something that just na- you know naturally has to exist and it's 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 a fascinating thing about star wars is that the whole world of humans is not like this primacy thing where like yeah other worlds get destroyed but holy shit if it's the human whole world right. then everything has to revolve around that it's yeah humans are just one thread in this this the multi-threaded multi uh, species fabric and I, it's one of the things that i really appreciate and love about star wars
0: i totally, totally agree yeah and Man, it's, uh, what you what? said about star trek was really interesting and Because, like, it is supposed to be the future history of humanity, and that is part of why they keep doing these visual retcons, because what we saw in the 60s wouldn't be believable now as the future of humanity to put on TV today, so they kind of have to change it.
3: Yeah, it Yeah. it could be done. It would be an interesting choice. It would turn Star Trek into a different thing and I think some people wanted to turn it into that and I personally am glad that they didn't because I do like yeah. I like Star Wars for it all still being this, you know, 70s aesthetic for computers and I like Star Trek for updating itself
0: yeah my, my version of it would have been something closer to the original but as if you were seeing like, let's imagine that the original was something you saw in standard definition, and now we're looking at these devices in high definition, and as you get closer, you realize they're <laughs> very complex, you know? <laughs> like, I would have had them, you know, move in different ways and, and have, like, flashy buttons in them in different ways, or like, sure. maybe holograms or something, but I would have had it look generally, generally the same, or closer to the same than, than what they went with with Discovery. That's just my sure, own sure. personal aesthetic, so yeah. I really appreciate what Star Wars has done.
2: Um,
4: I wanna respond to what we were talking about originally when we were talking about all the different things about the uh, what it means to be Mandalorian yeah mm. um, I feel like the thing that in particular is a challenge about what we know about Mandalore and what it means to be Mandalorian is how staggered the information has been given to us. Mm-hmm. I feel like with we get a very specific piece or picture of what Mandalore means to specific characters throughout mm-hmm. all. Mediums like with Clone Wars, we got to see a specific point in history with Queen Satine and where the actual like kingdom was, as far as like the this like where her palace was and what was going on in relation to the actual Clone War. And then that they also I think it is in Clone Wars and in Rebels they talk about how. Mandalore was in Civil War before the Clone War even began. Right. Like, they, they've they already, they've been going through years and years of this massive Civil War. So, naturally, there are groups and clans that have broken off to do their own thing and to have their own way of life. Mm. So, on, so that's really, I think, the biggest thing that makes it so strange when we get Mandalorian characters. It's like, well, where, what part of Mandalore are they from and how were they affected by the Civil War that mm. happened? Cool. I think that's probably what made Mandalore so vulnerable because it talks about how Mandalore was the, the Knight of a Thousand Tears and how vulnerable they were to be taken over by the Empire because they were already divided among themselves. Mm. So when, we, when the Empire does come to claim Mandalore, um, once they win the Clone War, they're already in such massive disarray that it's easy for them to infiltrate and to take over and people scatter to all different parts of the planet some go to serve some go to the imperial academy some serve the emperor like there's all these different armies that formed on their own because they were so divided and like even when we see Sabine in season 2 when she greets when she meets Gar Saxon they ask her like what clan are you from and, like that's one of the first things they ask like we need to know if you're our mm. enemy mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. she said i'm from clan ren and like well you did this and you served so and so we you are my enemy so like they couldn't even they couldn't even relate as Mandalorians because they'd identify with their clan first because of how divided they are. Oh, yeah. So when we get to see the actual show, The Mandalorian, we are also seeing a very specific person with a specific mm-hmm. uh, relationship to the Mandal- Mandalorian way because he wasn't even a part of, he wasn't even from Mandalore. He was saved. He was a young you know, a foundling saved by mm-hmm. a specific sect who has right. their own way of living, who yeah. also is very separated now because of the, this next like season of war and how they were, you know, their planet was basically destroyed. So like now they don't even have a home. So like I feel like as we get to know what it means to be Mandalorian, it really only pertains to what characters' perspective are we seeing that through. Like whose story is driving that, um, you know, perspective of what it means to be Mandalorian. And they do spend a lot of time on Mandalorian history and Mandalorian's connection to
3: the Force.
5: In mm. season three. Yeah, Ooh, yeah I mean, there's so many that. opportunities, like, for storytelling with that. So
3: many of... Yeah. Well, I think of it as something like if if you found a... In, in a, a sci-fi universe, there's a, 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 a group that encounters, you know, the equivalent of, like, Amish people who have their own planet, and they've got their low-tech planet, and then the story is about them... And then someone then goes to Earth and you're like, "What, this is not what I thought human beings were like. you know that's <laughs> that it's just it's you're, you saw one, like you're saying, you saw one perspective in one group of yeah. people. yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and i I appreciate that I appreciate when stories try to present things as if they are real. but I also in Star Wars, I also feel like simplicity is really important because it's yeah. so complicated. And if we're (laughs) trying to learn, you know, about what it means to be Mandalorian and Rodian and Twi'lek and uh, Nabooian (laughs) and Gungan and like there's just all these different societies and for me it's going to get difficult almost immediately. If those societies aren't monocultures, because Star Wars has always done monocultures, and I, you know, yeah. we, Doug and I have been mm-hmm. talking about this a lot about how how good it can be to get away from that. But now I'm I'm realizing like part of the joy in that is that it makes the story easier to follow, and and I get mm-hmm. I get dumb real real close to where we're at now. Like this is close to being too complex <laughs> for me.
3: Well, yeah, for the most real. part, I feel like Star Wars is showing that that that, that it's not when they use a particular group of people i don't think that they're implying that th- that that is a monoculture it is you know each time we see a group of people it's like oh they've got some good guys and they've got some bad guys you know that that's right you know that and and they have a planet and their planet has politics and then they've got some people who don't like those politics you know right. it's yeah. it's it's the it is effectively like a lot of stuff it's a story of humanity uh, portrayed through other groups of people other expressions of it
0: Yeah, but there's also, like, all the Jedi are very similar and all the Sith are very similar. So even though those are, like, the good and the bad of this one Ah. type of, like, magic user, they're still, like... Like, every Sith you meet is going to have yellow eyes and say the same type of things to you, yeah. you know?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, but that because that's different. That's not like, I mean, it's, it is a monoculture, but it is, it's a belief system. It's like, these are the people who believe that you should be doing things, you should be on the side of good, and you should be helping other beings. And these other people think, fuck all that, you just get angry and you get a lot of power. And who can stop you when you have all that power? You know, it's it's yeah. it's, a, it's a belief, it's a warring belief system. Sure, but then Well yeah. That, like, I mean, I'm other-
0: not disagreeing with you. I'm, all I'm trying to say is that there was a time where there was like, this is what Mandalorians are, and it was like pretty straightforward. And now it's like <laughs> s- split it into was a Boba Fett.
2: right.
0: Yeah, it was Boba <laughs> Fett exactly. And now Boba Fett wasn't <laughs> even a Mandalorian, and
2: yeah.
0: like Boba Fett was the clone of a man who stole Mandalorian yeah. armor to be a bounty hunter. And yes. and it, it's just it gets a little it gets really complicated. And I like complicated to a degree, but I also really like the show the mandalorian and learning that mandalorian is is not a race but a creed is like wow that's so like foundational and cool but then to learn oh that's only this sect of mandalorians there's also this other sect i'm like okay well that's interesting too but i kind of liked it better when it was simpler just to Mm. keep it like more graspable in my mind you know what i mean
3: yeah 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 i see
0: yeah that's what i'm trying to express and i still like it i am not i'm not hating on anything but i just also like Star Wars always veers closer to the simple as far as like character motivations and backgrounds are concerned. And I, yeah. for me that makes it really relatable storytelling that I really latch on to. Um, I think
3: I got confused because I think we had a conversation about the monoplanets. Where it's yes. like, Well yeah, I, I think that's more planet. what I'm thinking of. I think right. I
0: because we also had a conversation about monoculture in Star Trek. So right. I, I think I I think right. that what I'm trying to express is the monoplanets. So mono planets, <laughs> so I think mono that, planets yeah.
3: Star Wars, yeah, monocultures. Star Trek, Rodians are bad. Klingons are bad. Vulcans are arrogant assholes. Right, but I do. I will
0: argue that I do think that Star Wars does that as well. Like, like the Huts are very much a monoculture, and the only Rodians we've ever seen up until Clone Wars were just like they've all been gangsters, you know. And then all of a sudden, like Clone Wars is kind of peeling back layers of everything, where you know, there's like Rodians in the Senate and like that guy who got murdered and then came back and then was gone mm-hmm.
5: again yeah was he the one that was in Rebel the Rodian that like was uh, oh ta- yeah that Ezra's parents yeah,
3: like, yeah. yeah yeah but they I feel like think... little kid Rodians in in um, Clone Wars like right young young mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and even in
0: uh, Phantom Menace
3: there then, was that
2: yeah I was gonna say one Rodian. Of, yeah
3: yeah like Star
0: Wars does a mix where like some of these cultures are monocultures and some aren't but but it definitely does monoplanets where it's like yeah. And, and I think that in my mind, if you have a monoplanet, I think of it as like anyone from that planet would also be from one culture, you know? <laughs>
2: sure. Maybe that's just
0: me like extrapolating. That's just you. That's just you. <laughs> yeah, I like that's how I think of Star
3: Wars as well, for sure.
0: Okay, whether or gotcha. not it's true.
3: <laughs> I was trying to be argumentative, but I was just, yeah. I was confused at sure. the characterization of our conversation. And also that I I respectfully disagree. I think that Star Wars explicitly... Is trying to present yeah. all of their sentient species as being a mixed bag. Although I do say that with the huts so far, all the huts we've met um, are assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I also think that, that like, but that could just be a family. That could just be a family. That yeah.
5: could just be and the Wookies.
0: Yeah, I, well, I feel like originally, um, I feel like originally Star Wars presented. Like monocultures and then it very yeah. quickly went away from that with like, like the Huts were with from the prequels. Null,
5: Null Hutta, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, like I just kind of discounted the prequels for years. Like I just didn't include them in my own personal fandom because I didn't like them. So I didn't give yeah. them much thought. And True. if you were to ask me like what is Star Wars, I would say, well, not the prequels. But yeah. but now like Rebels is bridging that gap and
2: right.
0: <laughs> and making me want to kind of bring it all in. To my heart, and I don't want, like, I'm not, I'm never gonna like the prequels, but, um, but like bringing that story into my canon, even though I know it is Star Wars canon. But even Star Wars canon has changed so many times. So I feel like with Star Wars more than most other fandoms, it's really pick and choose. Like you take what you want and you kind of leave what you don't because it's so disparate. Okay. No, um, not
3: allowed. Take it all. Take it all. Uh, well, you do what, there's no like, rules. Do what
5: you want. <laughs> you know? I used to be able to win at Star Wars trivia and I feel like I can't even compete anymore unless
2: it's specifically I the
5: original trilogy trilogy trivia yeah <laughs> i agree so it's much.
4: mind-boggling yeah honestly. there's too much yeah <laughs> it's it's overwhelming sometimes
5: but i don't know um, i mean i think that when i was younger though like it well i guess i don't know i, I was still like reading those like i had the character book again that had a storyline for every single character in the cantina and i read all of them
2: yeah
0: me too and, me too
5: but, yeah i don't know still though nothing compares to what we've got right now
3: yeah I'm yeah i'm so surprised I mean, now. I do. Yeah. What's that, uh, Oh, I was, uh, I'm surprised. Sometimes I'll Google someone from star Wars for one reason or another. And then I'll come across something that's like one of those, like, you know, fandom Wikipedia type things. I forget what the star Wars one is called Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wookie- yeah, okay. Wikipedia. And then it'll give you like, here, here's like a summary of the, the character's story in basically all of the media books, comic books, TV shows, movies, so like, yeah. It was you mentioned the cantina made me think about that because I was looking up the dude that uh, is hassling Luke, the like, and I don't like you either kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then finding out like, oh, this guy's a doctor and he had yeah. this whole history yeah. of <laughs> facial surgery. Yeah, it's like holy right. shit. Because I had this theory that, like, yeah. oh, anyone who has spoken a word in Star Wars movies, someone has done more about them somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. No, that's I true. I wish I could
5: find that book. I have, like, a character. It was, like, a, I think it was, like, a colored in the, it was, like, a coloring book, but it would have a, <laughs> oh, no, I have that dictionary, that Star Wars dictionary, I think I was referencing when the uh, had backgrounds for all the characters uh, from the now um, non-canon books.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, back in the day that was canon and like
5: yeah,
2: exactly. the action
0: figures had canon on them. Like they would mm-hmm. have like those write-ups about the characters and it was all consistent and I was like really hardcore into all that stuff. And then trading when trading cards too. Yeah, yeah. And like when the when the prequels came out and it was so like different and like in many ways contradictory and then eventually when that whole legends canon got thrown out Mm-hmm. I, I as a fan really felt like I could pick and choose my Star Wars because Star Wars had like already picked and choo- chosen for me <laughs> in ways that I didn't want.
4: <laughs> that's well said. I, I mean, there's just I remember when I first found out that all of the that there was now an old canon basically. Yeah. I was just like, "That's like hundreds of books." I was like, "I looked <laughs> yeah. like there's like two over two hundred books." I'm just like, uh, "That's so much content." mean I understand why um, Disney, after acquiring Lucasfilm, would want a, a fresh start to be able to do what they wanted to. Um, but it was still like, oh my gosh, that's just... Because so many of us identify with um, those books because they filled, they filled in our love of Star Wars when there weren't prequels. You know right, what I mean? It's right. like when there weren't all those other films that allowed us to continue living in that world beyond the films that existed at the time. So for all of that nostalgia and all of that content to just now to be deemed like just to have no weight, no weight bearing on whatever content they would make moving forward. It was just like I felt overwhelmed at first because I'm like, well, I want to know what what is canon now? Because like what because even though I still love a lot of those old stories, it's like, what do I need to know now? <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I did at first, like when we were on the road to Force Awakens first coming out. I was right on track with all the different books that were being published, and they they had this label on the top that said "Journey to Force Awakens," so you knew that like it was a part of cre- like this new canon yeah. um, timeline in almost every book. So you could see where the book you were you were reading fell in line with the with the timeline of all the films, which I thought was really cool. I was like, "Well, that helps me know where this fits," and it was like a chronological timeline. Of all the books that they deemed were now new canon hmm. um, that had been written up to that point, and it's just like oh, but them they were pumping out so much content. I was just like, I don't, I can't. I'm just yeah. gonna pick one sound appealing to me, but I going There's just there's too many. Yeah, like, I, right, I'm never gonna finish this in my lifetime. <laughs> <yeah. I'm alive. laughs>
0: I tried to dive into some of the new comics, and it, like the quality just wasn't consistent enough for me to want to invest in it because that's real i like something that i love about star wars is that it makes me feel like i want to know everything like i want to know everything that happened like when i'm watching this i'm like oh man this is this is what happened when ahsoka and darth vader finally faced off for the first time like Mm -hmm. i've I've always wanted to know and now i know and i'm part of the club of people who know and (laughs) that's like so fun and part of what i love about star wars and i want to feel that way but then there's like so much of it that i don't want to dive into that way now right. because there's been like so much made and the quality is so wild wildly disparate that it's it's tough to know like okay i, I understand that disney says that this book is canon but i read it and it sucked and it was a waste <laughs> of my time
4: <laughs> so why did
0: i do that like i hate feeling I know. that way
4: all right i know i had many like that i mean i read a lot of books before force awakens opened and like They commissioned so many different, um, authors and comic book writers. And it was just like, you got all these different voices, supposedly writing for this one, you know, leading up to this one story, which can work. But it did feel like (laughs) so, um, just so many different, the quality was just so varied, in my opinion. Like, there's a couple I would highly recommend. I think we talked about it, like, a long time ago. But, um, it's the one book, um... She why can't I think of it now? It's with the um apprentice to Dooku. Mm. Uh, was Wars. it Ventress?
0: Asajj Ventress.
4: Yeah, Asajj Ventress. Yeah. She ha- Dark Disciple. Like yeah, yeah, that yeah. is yeah, the- I remember mentioning that.
2: Yeah.
4: But I read. <laughs> um it's yeah. so good and it says on the cover that they are part of the book is made up of unaired Clone Wars episodes that were cancelled. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, mm.
4: um, And it finishes her story, and I. She was like probably my favorite character from the Clone Wars was, Asajj Ventress, and then the Night Sisters. So to be able to see what happened to her after, you know, after that was just like oh, so good. Yeah. Um, But I was gonna ask you guys, what did you think when you saw Leia appear in? Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna bring that up. I was excited to see her,
5: and I liked the episode, but I gotta say, I i couldn't quite like i didn't quite believe it was her the way i did. i mean obviously mm. the voice is different but when, when lando showed up or darth vader yeah. there's just something a little off that wasn't what didn't quite feel leia to me and the vocal performance story and how it explained you know how you know alderaan was getting involved in helping the rebels behind the scenes and i loved that but i don't know it felt that one for some reason she felt a little off to me
0: i i actually really loved leia's appearance And there was, like, one line of dialogue in that episode that I actually took a note of, which is extremely rare for me. (laughs) I never take notes. But it was uh, something along the lines of, like, the Empire ordering stormtroopers to shoot to kill, implying Mm -hmm. that they weren't shooting to kill before. And I was like, oh, that explains a lot. They're missing on purpose. Or at least, like, they're, they're not, they're, like, trying to hit like non-vital organs, which makes <laughs> it like a harder shot to take. Um, but also, like that's really informative as far as how the Empire operates. When you have this Alderanian senator there, who's like, you know, like the the Senate is still intact at this point. The Senate is intact all the way up until the beginning of Episode Four, when you know Tarkin says like the the Senate has been disbanded, and it's up to the regional regional governors governors to keep their systems in line. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the facade of having some sort of, you know, democratic voice in the Senate is maintained throughout the entirety of Rebels. Um, And that makes, you know, Princess Leia this, like, delegate that the Empire is treating with respect. And then when she's around, they're, like, not shooting these Rebels to kill. They're just trying to protect Leia and operating in a more responsible, like, lawful fashion. And it kind of gives you an insight into how... This evil emperor was able to keep control over people like Callus, who you know, Agent Callus, who couldn't believe that the Empire would destroy all of the, like, wipe out an entire race of people. It wouldn't it doesn't even cross his mind that that's possible, and he feels like they are keeping law and order, and that's probably how most of the imperial officers feel until they see <laughs> something so horrible that they you know can't help but switch sides or, you know, lie to themselves or something. I just felt like that was really good, subtle writing and that it really, like, illuminated the conflict in a really logical way that I just really appreciated.
3: Yeah, I like seeing uh, uh, Leia's portrayal as being an early, um, I was going to say force, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like an, an early supporter of the the uh, rebellion, you know, which makes sense being raised by uh, Bael Ghana um and and i I thought it was a good uh use of her character. it didn't feel forced or like fan service it it kind of fit within the story and totally, uh, yeah. I, and I liked the the scheme that she was using of of losing her ships and having them get stolen for the rebels
0: yeah, I love that i I love the way they integrated her and like not blowing her cover with the empire that she is you know a rebel organizer um or a general, I guess, in, like, the Rebel Army. But, I, yeah, I thought it was really cleverly done. I hear what Jenny's saying. Like, I felt like the the animation was really, really good. And I knew immediately that it was Leia when I saw her. And the voice, I'm like, okay, that captured, like, an essence of Leia's care- character in a way. Um, and I just kind of rode with it from there. But um, yeah. And I, 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 was, I was able to accept her as Leia.
5: I did. I mean, I did towards the end of that. I don't... I don't know. I don't quite know what it was. Just something. I, I don't know. Didn't her manner. Her, her, I don't know. It felt like kind of when I would read the the books again, the non-canon ones, you know, where I felt like Timothy Zahn just like nailed the carrot and I'd be reading their dialogue. That's, that's Leia speak. That's what she would say. And then I'd read certain books and I was like, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know why. I like, I loved the story. I loved the background. It gave us everything about it. Just something of, about her voice, or I don't know. I was having trouble.
3: It is a different characterization of of, of Leia, though. I don't. True. I don't think that this was the way that Leia was portrayed in any of the movies. Hmm. You know, it's in it's true. The, uh, this story could be if you if that was someone who wasn't Leia. I don't think it would even occur to us to be like, "Hey, isn't this like an analog of Leia that they just changed?" Because it's it's. I, I don't think that anything about like ah yes, this is like classic Leia personality uh things are coming through here you know
5: yeah i guess I like, i'm thinking of her and this you know oh you got a, you got us into this you got a plan for getting us out of it right oh, well it's a, it's a wonder you get a lot you know her kind of like her and han her snarkiness her kind of but i guess that makes sense though that you of course you wouldn't see that she's a diplomat she's being yeah. you know i guess but I, I don't know so that makes sense
0: i was also thinking I about mean, her age hmm. like she seemed older yes. in this cartoon exactly. than she did in episode four and I, I actually don't know where this lays in the timeline. I'm assuming within like, within ten years of, of episode four happening. Does
3: anyone know?
4: I don't know for sure, but it's not that far off.
3: Yeah, it feels like it's got to be within a couple of years. Yeah,
4: it's not, it's not that many years away from four. Well,
5: yeah, she's, she's like nineteen, and isn't she nineteen or twenty in yeah. um, New Hope? Yeah. So, so are we talking off, about the Carrie like Fisher, nine.
3: or like, did they ever mention how old no meant- is?
5: In the, I think, I mean, well, again, I think it was in, I think I, me- I read it in the books or something that they did say she was, I think she, her and Luke are supposed to be like 19 or 20. They, like, or,
4: they're supposed to be 19 and four. Yeah.
5: yeah. That's, yeah. That's so she's like done.
0: 15 years old in this episode. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but she looks like a
0: 32 year old.
5: I mean, maybe it's within just, like, two years or so, I mean, God, she yeah. had to have been at least 17. To
0: yeah, see. my I mean, I was guessing that if this is season two and there's two more seasons, then maybe that leads up to episode four, which I'm saying this as a total guess. Uh, sure. In which case, like, at most, this is two and a half years, or at least this is two and a half years before, right?
4: Right. It can't be more than... So it
2: she's, can't like, be more 16 than and a half. <laughs>
5: Which, I'm guessing it yeah, like trickles into Rogue One and then yeah. right
0: into Yeah, because uh, I know that I know that the ghost appears in Rogue One, like you actually see the ship in Rogue wait, One. Really? Yeah. Yeah at, I don't, at I the Rebel Base. That. You wouldn't pick it up if you hadn't seen you, the you show know. first because yeah, like you yeah. weren't familiar with the ship. I didn't pick really. it up when I first saw it. I read about it. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, oh, interesting.
2: And I then watch I started Rogue watching One the
3: again. show. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was now, and I may have to watch the whole season again to find out. But at one point, I Googled to find out when one of the other Star Wars movies was made compared to when the season was made, because they made a reference to something yeah. that made me wonder whether it had come before or after. Mm. And now I can't remember what it was, because that had happened to me before when, in Clone Wars, uh, Saw Gerrera is a character, and I was like, What? What's yes, this? and then I looked it up, and I'm like, "Oh shit! This is him first, and then Rogue One comes later mm-hmm. and uses Saw Gerrera."
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, cool! I haven't seen that
4: yet. I wondered about that too. I was like, "Did this come after or before a Rogue One?" I thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, "Yeah, now
3: I, oh, now I wish I could remember what it was in this that I wanted to wanted to figure out."
4: I mean. Jenny, just to, like, piggyback on what you were saying about Leia, I feel like with this particular show, like, we get the benefit of actually hearing, like, James Earl Jones' voice, and, like, actually hear, like, there's a lot of classic characters, like, Lando, like, they brought the real actors back, so, like, there's a certain authenticity that you just don't get from someone who's doing a voice imitation,
2: for sure, um, yeah.
4: And I feel like we get spoiled a little bit because so many of the other iconic characters in the show are the original actor. Yeah, um, yeah. I think so I that feel is like it. Because like, the like when Lando
5: came on, sports. I was like, "Oh, that's Lando."
4: Right.
5: I mean, um, uh, with Grandma Tarkin, it was a different voice, but also Grandma Tarkin, I feel like, is someone you can kind of. It might be easier for a voice artist to do an impression of than. Um, you know with the accent and stuff Um, yeah Jenny they should have hired
0: you because you had that Leia down earlier
5: (laughs) 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 I'm available Uh, (laughs) I'm unemployed
0: it's going to be so interesting (laughs) seeing Rosario Dawson play Ahsoka because you know the voice Uh, is going to be totally different
4: yeah Uh, have any of you read the Ahsoka novel? Uh -uh. Mm -mm. no okay Ah, I'd be very curious. Okay, well, I've read it, because she's one of my favorite characters, so I bought that book so quick when it was available. I thought, I, okay, I don't. I, then I don't know if I have much to say if nobody's <laughs> read it. But I, I felt like I wasn't super satisfied by that book. It got a lot of attention, and it got a lot of recognition and accolades, but for me, I felt like it did. It was a lot of exposition, and there was a lot of her just being doing nothing. Mm. And, like I really wanted to see the more action in the book, um, and I felt like it didn't really give me more about the character than I already knew. Hmm. It was it was really her exile after leaving the Order and after or uh, uh leaving leaving the Jedi Order than a- and after Order sixty six and basically just trying to hide and not die, like because sure. it was just the peak of when um, they're hunting Jedi down to kill might not have been killed with Order sixty six, so she's constantly. Moving to um, to not be found, and also like trying to make a living on different planets and start from scratch over and over and over again, and having a hard time making relationship with people because of that. But like, I just felt like what? It's just literally the whole book was her hopping from planet to planet, um, and then. But I won't tell you the whole thing. So <laughs> I, all that said, I I'm really interested to see what. What they contribute about her, like what, right. what new information we're gonna find out? Because mm-hmm. you get so much in Clone Wars, and you get a really healthy dose in Rebels. Um, but I'm not sure that the book gave me any more than I. I don't feel like it gave me any extra that I didn't already have or already need. Yeah. So it's bringing her back in Mandalorian. I'm really curious to see what they're gonna write for her, and if she, you know what her if her story's gonna end, like if she's if like her character's gonna die. Like if this is going to be where she, where her story finally finishes or, or what, you know, because I feel like there's just so much potential for a character who used to be in the Jedi Order and has all this knowledge, you know, especially with the idea that Rey is going to be a possibility, you know, this is going to be a real thing in the future. This whole, you know, like, where does she fall with that? Like, does she even make it? that far to be able to influence her like we get to hear her voice at the end of the end of nine which i loved but like what does that mean like how does she that, does that mean that she's gone or does that mean that yeah. she just yeah. came to the force at that time because she could feel the huge shift of what was going on
0: yeah i mean in rebels we basically have a jedi order of three people we've got ahsoka <laughs> kanan True. and ezra so and then when we get to you know force awakens That trilogy makes it seem like there are zero Jedi anywhere out there in the galaxy at all, except for Luke, who is the last Jedi, and they named a whole movie after it. (laughs) Very important plot point. So, I but I also like this is the type of thing that I don't mind any sort of retconning. Like, yes, these other Jedi survived Order sixty six, and and we're doing this over on this side of the galaxy. Like, I don't mind that at all.
3: I love hearing that type of story. Yeah, and that's also easily like oh. I thought we got rid of all the Jedi. I mean, right. this guy told me we got rid of all the Jedi. Also, I paid him a lot of money Ahsoka, to get rid of the Jedi. Yeah. getting rid of all the Jedi if there's still Jedi left? And Ahsoka's mm-hmm. no Jedi. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah. I, so I spent a lot of this season thinking about, like, what would I do if I could make a Star Wars cartoon? Because you can really just, like, I'm just imagining being Dave Filoni and having his imagination just run wild. And he comes up mm-hmm. with these, like, space whales and yeah, all this amazing shit. And I'm like, what, what Star Wars story would I want to tell? And I came up with like a little bit that I really want to see in Star Wars, which is like, I really want to see a gray Jedi. You know, I really want to yeah. see someone mm-hmm. who maybe grew up outside of the galaxy that we know as the Star Wars galaxy. Maybe he's from the next galaxy over, um, he <laughs> or she. I'll I'll go with he right now. Um, like this person is maybe Force-sensitive And comes from a completely different culture that doesn't have Jedi, doesn't have Sith, but maybe they acknowledge, like, the presence of the Force, and they, you know, learn about it and use it as magic in a totally different way, and there's no, like, dichotomy of, of light side and dark side. And then this character, who grew up in that way, comes to the Star Wars universe that we know of, like, the equivalent of a Jedi from another galaxy who uses the Force totally differently, thinks about the Force totally differently, and maybe there's a threat from that galaxy that's, like, coming into the Star Wars galaxy, Babylon 5 style. Mm. (laughs) Um, And, like, this guy is sort of, like, uh, like, working with the Jedi from our galaxy from this new order that was either led by Rey or is in the future... Um, where this like new Jedi Order has sprung up beyond Ray, like this—that's the type of Star Wars story that I would really want to see.
5: Jesse, here you are telling us you want to keep it simple. I <laughs> want to bring in this whole great <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: But all the new people have a monoculture, so it's real simple.
3: Yeah. Like, what type of Star Wars do you guys want to see?
2: Oh man.
3: I want to see early, 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 early early stuff, because yeah. this is another mm-hmm. thing that I've read about and I, oh, because of Clone Wars, in Clone, I think it's in Clone Wars, there's a plot line about finding some particular person's lightsaber. And, uh, yes. yeah, the dude who is paying, the dude, the Jedi dude who uh, yes. arranged the deal to make the clones.
4: Yes, um, and, ah, the name's on the tip of my tongue, I'm gonna Syphodias?
3: think of it. Jedi Syphodias? Master, sifo Hmm. That sounds like it could be right.
4: Yeah, th- I believe that's correct. Yeah, because that's—I yeah. mean—that's the name of the guy in,
3: in the movie, the Clone Wars. But yeah, yeah. yes, I remember. The episode. So they, so they find his lightsaber in Clone Wars, the cartoon, and then I was just like, you know, Wikipedia looking up lightsaber, that particular guy, and then there's a link like lightsaber. Click on lightsaber, and so I'm like, oh right, what's the history of lightsabers? And yeah. they talk about like proto lightsabers and like earlier lightsabers and then i read about i don't know where it came from what book or whether it's legends or not but like early lightsabers needing like this giant external power source and <laughs> and then you know people who had to like early lightsabers needing basically like a power pack that you have that you carry around with yeah. you you know so this is like now you're in like laser sword territory i, I was, like, love that Oh, I would love to see some Star Wars stuff around these like early days. And then same thing when you read about like the Jedi being like this fractured splinter of some other, you know, philosophical beliefs and um, you know, that they the Jedi were not like the first of the Force Religions that this is like an offshoot of something else. Cool. The Jedi, you know. I see into- like Jedi
5: Homo sapiens, or yeah. not Homo sapiens, or Homo. Uh, what was <laughs> <laughs> the one for? Dumb thing I've ever said. <laughs> I, I totally
0: got what you were trying to say?
2: Like Homo
0: erectus. <laughs> um. Yeah, Andy had mentioned what? in the past how she'd love to see a movie about the discovery of the Force, or like a trilogy about. Like discovering the force and becoming Jedi for the first time, yeah. Uh, which is kind of similar to that. I love the idea of like having this giant pack on your back that like w- that he, when you turn it on becomes a lightsaber. That's rad. I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah, I, think, I that gives you the opportunity to have these like crazy, you know, like aliens style rigs on these people, but then a lightsaber on the front of it. That sounds really badass. I would watch. Yeah. That. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited that we're in this era where, you know, the prequels are in the past, and it seems like the Star Wars franchise has gone in a direction that is more to my personal liking, and, you know, I love, like, the Mandalorian and Rebels of it all is so exciting to me. I just can't, see, can't wait to see what they come up with next. Like, there's been so much stuff announced. Taika Waititi is going to be directing a Star yes! Wars movie. Mm-hmm. It's very oh
5: exciting. God. Oh my God. I want Taika Watiti to have space squid whales um, <laughs> out of yes. hyperspace. I feel like that's right up his alley and I'm going to write him a letter on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. Oh, God, yeah, like, I would do those space whales right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this new Disney plus show that was just announced. that's going to have uh, like, it's going to be female led and female written and run. So that's super exciting. Like, we have no idea what that could be. And then Star Wars is also doing this whole new High Republic era in the expanded universe. And we might get, like, a cartoon or something in that era, which is really exciting because, like, that's something I'd really like to see also is, you know, the Jedi Order before they became what they were right before they were destroyed, which is what we got in the prequels, where the Jedi Order is basically out of touch with the Force. Yoda kind of talks about that in Rebels, how, yeah, um, like, the Jedi mm-hmm. had basically become complacent and out of touch with the force and that's part of how they were destroyed so seeing the jedi at like the height of their power is something we've still never seen and that would be really that's compelling true. it sounds like that's what the the high republic is going to be shooting for um so yeah there's just so much coming i can't wait what are you guys most excited for of everything that's been announced
4: oh my gosh i, I really want to so. see the oh go ahead jenny oh no go ahead go ahead uh, I really am looking forward to the Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say the
5: same thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> like,
4: yeah. I really want to see that. Um, I can't y'all, there's an episode I can't remember if it's in season 3 or season 4. Um, I, I guess I'm going to just spoil a little bit of it. Obi-Wan does come in either 3 or 4 in in Rebels. Oh wow. And the episode that he has is so fantastic.
2: Oh, I can't wait! And
4: I'm and I'm really curious as as far as like what we're actually going to see. Like, there's just so much that we could see about him. And when we were talking to him about what we wanted to like, if we could write anything, um, in in this, you know, what do we want to see presented um, in Star Wars? I would love to see origin stories. I kind of love. Just seeing like a series of this is the beginning of this person and this person and, like that's all almost like a little mini series of like mm-hmm. this is where it began and this was their this was their journey even though some of that stuff can be really boring <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if just knowing it, like what was Obi Wan's like journey like how did he find how did he get found because there's so many little nuggets of stories about force sensitive children being you know, discovered, and, like, as babies, like, right. and then brought into the order, like, the whole process of how how the Jedi came to be as far as the f- picking people. Like, how did mm. you go around picking people to be a part of this order and picking children, like, these particular children to join? Like, I just think that's fascinating, and then how that pertains to the characters that we know um, already. Like, I, as much as I... Um, I don't know. I I would love to see like Lando's story, like where he mm-hmm. started. Yeah. Like so, so many characters that I love. It's like I don't know where you started. Like I I want to know where the hell you came from. <laughs> 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 no. But that's a lot to say. Sorry, my mind's going all over the place. But I yeah. would really like to see the what 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 we're going to do with the Obi Wan series. I think some of it's been pushed back. Like yeah. there's stupid COVID. Yeah. Well, so. and then there's
5: the Cassian Andor. Right. Right because i kind of want to know a little more about the rogue one since obviously we're not going to get to know anything about them in the future like right <laughs> um but yeah I, I i became invested in a lot of the rogue one characters so i want to get a little more of that
0: i'm so stoked for mandalorian season two i'm yes. so i cannot wait for that and also, I, I am so stoked for Rebels Season 3, which I know has already Me come too. out, so that doesn't count, but I'm really <laughs> fucking stoked for it. I
5: know. I'm literally going to start watching it as soon as we're done. I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna yeah. get on it. I need to get to my Grand Admiral Throne 6
0: well, let's wrap this up so we can go start Rebels Season 3. <laughs> yeah! I'm
5: sorry, I wasn't trying to, like... No, I mean, we've been talking for,
0: like, an hour and 45 minutes. We have done our, our duty as far as talking about Season 2. Is there anything else with Season 2 of Rebels that, that we've forgotten to talk about? And also, as Is- always, anyone who's listening, if you have thoughts on Rebels Season 2 that you want us to talk about next time we get together, you can email us at space at com. Any final thoughts from anyone?
3: Is this... Did this season open up with the woman who was like the regional governor who was yeah. trying to be a oh, to, yeah. to turn sides because yeah. and I don't want to get into all things because we are wrapping up but this was for me was like I mean I was on board with rebels for sure after again my love of clone wars but when the opening of that and then them having her character die I was yeah. like oh shit rebels is not gonna fuck around not- like yeah. this is yeah. this is, a, this is yeah. legit what they're doing here yeah, that was a really great nice, thing.
5: Really, really well.
3: Yeah, because then it's like, here's this character who was sort of a, a, an antagonist in the first season and are uh, you know we're seeing like, hey, I don't like what the Empire is. And then like getting killed for trying to do the right thing. It was just, I was, uh, yeah, I just was really excited about that from a uh, storytelling.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like the episode where Hera, we go into her backstory, they're trying to deliver food down to this, Uh, down to the planet, but the Imperials are trying to stop them. And -hmm. the first attempt, like they lose a bunch of people and and lose. And then you go to the like Star Wars Rebels. (laughs) And it's super jarring, but it's like, holy shit, that was (laughs) devastating. And actually after that episode, they stopped using the same music for the opening logo because it was inappropriate most of the time. (laughs) Usually the cold open was like, oh shit, something went bad. But yeah, yep. they were willing to like show you losses, which is yeah. so great. Stakes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and I mean, we touched on the the blade wing earlier, the B wing. Like this, we mm-hmm. we got to see oh the God. introduction, the creation of the B wing, yeah. which is fucking yeah. rad. That is so cool.
5: <laughs> I love little yeah. Mon calamarians.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've He's always, a
2: great character.
0: I've always loved B wings. They've always been yeah. like, one of my favorite ships in the Star Wars universe. And I think we, I think this might have been like a thing in the past that it is the Blade Wing. But if it was, I forgot. And I was like, the Blade Wing is that the B Wing? That's so cool. And <laughs> I was yeah, just I don't stoked. remember
5: hearing it, knowing it actually as the Blade Wing. That makes sense, obviously. But I always mm. B wings. But yeah, that's cool. I loved yeah. that episode.
0: It's so good. I can't wait for more. All right, you guys, yes. this was awesome as always. Thank you so much, Jenny B and Doug, for uh, chatting with me. Such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. And that's gonna do it until our next Star Wars Club, which will be someday, a month at, <laughs> a month at the most, but we'll see. Yeah. I also have so much coming out on this podcast feed that if we did it before a month, it might still come out in a month. So
3: um, that's fine. Yeah. We could watch it and get it in the tank.
0: Yeah, we can yeah. totally do that. We can record as as much as much as much often as we want (laughs) we
5: got time
0: (laughs) yes Uh, all right thank you guys so much until next time stay nerdy out there space nerds is listener funded through patreon to support the show and gain access to bonus content sign up at patreon.com slash space nerds podcast If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com.
3: Keep it spacey, baby!